Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. What is going on, everybody? It is episode 248 of Pop Culture Crisis. My name's Brett. I'm here with my co-host. Introduce yourself, please. Hello, Crisis Actors. It's Mary. Happy to be with you guys again today. And maybe there are some new viewers here who saw me on IRL last night. So welcome if this is the first time you've tuned in. Today, we are joined by another favorite main guest host. Introduce yourself, please. Hi, I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. How are you guys? Good. Uh, I'm doing good. I've got my fingers crossed. There's some hesitation there. I've got my fingers crossed with our, you know, that we've made it through our tech issues. Nervous Brett is one of my favorite Bretts. Like, it's kind of cruel, but like... That's it's also 99% of the time, Brett. No, there's like a particular level of like, he doesn't <laughs> trust the machines. They will collapse energy that just like... It's like I, its own game show. Well, that was like all of last week, yeah. so maybe they're not worthy of our trust. Pardon me for caring. You so also much. were so like disturbed when I initially told you that you were a neurotic person. Yes, I found that extremely uh, shocking. Completely at first. true. Uh, see, but then I've had other people tell me that I'm not neurotic, or at least they don't see it. But me and you work together very closely, you so it's, are. it's it's different. Okay, neurotic at work, maybe not in the rest of my life. I, I want work to go well so sure. I think you're probably neurotic in all parts of your life but that's generally yeah. how it works i don't think it's bad man I, don't I be like offended don't people be offended. level being neurotic as a negative thing and when out of control i think it can be for, for a lot of people it makes them more aware of their situation like i don't know it doesn't have to be bad okay you're in control of your impression brett Fair enough. We'll go with that. So we got a bunch of stuff to talk about today, no matter how neurotic we may be. We are going to talk about Avatar, the way of the water, in the absolutely bonkers amount of money that it's, it's the going way to, of the water. The way of water. Did oh, I say the way of the okay. water? Yes, <laughs> I was yes. like, wait. Yes. No. Uh, uh, well, I wanted to add the the there, and then I added it twice. Uh, so we're going to talk about Avatar, the way of water, and the absolutely bonkers budget this movie has to make uh, make back to become profitable. I also have some questions about. Um, Part of it says, like, does this one have to make this or does all the sequels have to make this? I looked up the original budget, so there's some there's some stuff up in the air there. We are also going to talk about some good news on the horizon in Hollywood, which is Ben Affleck and Matt Damon uh, looking to start their own production company that's going to, what I believe, uh, if, exec- you know, if uh, executed correctly, could push the Hollywood industry back in a good direction. We are also going to talk about Black Adam and piracy and the fact that it's already out on digital today, even, the movie, even though the movie's barely been out for a month in theaters. And then we have Kelly Rowland, believe, yes, 
that Kelly Rowling from Destiny's Child way back in the day <laughs> uh, had some things to say about Chris Brown and Julia Fox is just nuts. So we're gonna we're gonna get into all of it. So if you ladies are ready, we will just get right into it. Mary, are we ready? Absolutely. Hannah Claire, let's do it. So before that, see, I, I, I tricked everyone. We have we found out today that Hannah Claire followed through on her promise and has in fact. Watch Tokyo Drift. Yeah, slowly but steadily, I'm working through this crazy bargain. <laughs> Please do tell us. Um, yeah, so in my quest to watch all of the Fast and Furious movie, I have been very behind. The very I long, drawn-out quest. I just don't watch movies. Like, this was a very difficult challenge for me for a number <laughs> of reasons. Also, being asked to watch a franchise that you're not that interested in. Like, I'm just telling you, there's not a lot of motivation. Anyways, I watched the third, Fast and Furious, and I took notes. So I'm going to look at my phone here. Okay. The opening one is Dumb Teenage Girl. That dumb teenage girl, blonde, who's like... Mm. You guys can race for me. And then she's screaming. She's like, you have to stop your car. It's very Why 2000s. did you get in this car? It doesn't make any sense. Also, like, helmets and seatbelts. I feel like I'm getting older the more I watch these movies. I'm just, like, concerned about <laughs> everyone. They, like, drive through the, like, half-built house. And I'm like, someone worked really hard on that. That's a lot of money. <laughs> Do you know the price of lumber? Except that it was the early 2000s. Um, your notes also, are like, impressive. Tabasco sauce flies through. The thing is, I took a lot of notes. But... At a certain point, I just had to stop trying to do this. And I realized the key to watching these movies, and I struggle with this, is that you have to just suspend disbelief and expect things to make, like, sense all the time. That makes sense. That they're going to work out even though how they work out usually you doesn't make You just have to sense. let the, like, story go. And I am not good at this. Oh, my gosh, my notes just disappeared. Like... Okay, so then the, like, beautiful blonde couple is at the police station, and they get picked up by one set of parents. This is the thing. Lots of, like, plot details really distracted me. So if you like cars and you like going fast, probably watch this movie, right? Yes. For me, I'm caught on the things like the blonde couple get picked up by one set of parents Siblings who hug are them dating? both. Exactly. Okay, cool. Seems quite incestuous. And then, for whatever reason, this other kid who's, like, doesn't have the opportunities and is connected or whatever... The U.S. justice system says you can either go to juvie or go live with your dad in the Navy in Japan, which seems like something they wouldn't say, but I don't know. What would they say? Go to juvie. <laughs> like, or leave the country? Like, that doesn't seem like it. Then his dad is, like, giving him this lecture, like, you can't run away from your problems, even though we've just let you run away from your problems by moving you to Japan. Mm -hmm. I respect that the kid immediately disregards all of the absentee father's rules. He's like, you can't make me come home at 7 o'clock at night. I'm going to hang out with the Yakuza guy. <laughs> Speaking of the Yakuza guy, it's confusing to me that, like, so there's, like, the teenage girl love interest, and she, like, turns out to be the Yakuza guy's girlfriend, mm -hmm. DK, I guess his name is. And that seems weird enough already because he seems like he's, like, 23, and she's at least, like, 16. Like, mm, creepy. Let's hope but then that, on top that she's of that, older than that, it's like her mom was maybe a sex worker who came to, to Tokyo, and then, like, when she died, his grandmother adopted her. So they're kind of siblings in a weird way, and then they're also dating? Oh. They did that this in, is why that's I said... That's so weird. That in, the, in the Flash TV show, Barry Allen's, because his family dies, when he's, or his, his dad goes to jail for killing his mom, and okay. he's raised by Joe, uh, by Joe and, jo and he's in love with Joe's daughter, even though they're raised basically as brother yeah, and sister. Yeah, well, you have to step up uh. one thing. So, like, probably he is, like, DK's grandmother, let's say, paternal side. Mm. That means that, like, his father somehow knew about this sex worker's baby 
which means probably they're related. I love that you're reading this far into the soap opera level I, drama I, of Tokyo so Drift. Because otherwise it's just like, I did like the fun theme song, but like generally, and I like the go-go boots at one scene oh, cool. and like things like that. But like, I am not cut out for this kind of movie. <laughs> and the thing is, I'm a third of the way through. It gets more nonsensical from here from what yeah, I but understand. More, but slightly I'm hung more, up on the incest. Yeah. Like, I'm not cut out for this. It's going to be a long When do they go to space again? Uh, not till the last one. She's not got a long ways one. to go. Good. Because if they went to space now, I would be like furious. It's <laughs> too soon. Also, did you know that apparently the the new one is like the fifth highest uh, like budgeted movie of all time or something like that? So but why? It's going to cost a fortune. Okay. The thing is, I understand when this all started and like, I'm trying to look on the bright side. It, it's making me open-minded. I'm having to watch this series because I said that's too many movies. And even though they make a lot of money, they're probably like, I just, I can't get behind this. And I still feel like I personally am not interested and can't get behind it. I totally get where like the cars are cool or whatever else. But everyone out there has to give me, there are some weird things about this not- strongly put together plot well no the the plots aren't really put together that strongly also like not i'm telling you the theme of this movie is slightly incestuous relationships it was it was the 2000s said the directors that the, was okay the, back then haven't like you this. seen not every teen movie <laughs> yeah what uh it, it was a different time says hollywood so uh recommend or not recommend i need a yes or a no i mean how am i supposed to answer that question i don't <laughs> want to be watching them I am not interested in them, but I could get where, like, some people felt like this was really cool with the cars and the, again, plot that doesn't make sense. See, the, the plot that's never keep going. never bothered me. Like, that's like... Uh, yeah, because, we know, Brett. Because we I know. understand that the that creative license means that you, if it takes itself seriously, it bothers me more. If the movie takes itself extremely seriously, then the plot holds... They're not mutually exclusive, I'm though. looking back at my notes here. I have... Just fresh Prince of Tokyo written down. I guess this is a response to the kid being sent away. And uh, at one point he says, uh, I thought this was a free country. And I wrote, it's Japan. It's Japan. Question. <laughs> um, and then at one point I wrote, how much longer is this movie? So that's your recommendation right there. I don't if she know. asks that question to me. I think, I think if you want to see fast cars and question mm. whether or not whoever wrote this movie is suggesting maybe incest is okay then this is the movie for you okay perfect all right speaking of of movies that have lots of questions behind them i want to talk about and that avatar. are way too yeah. long and that are way too long we're going to talk about avatar the way of water not the way of the water uh and <laughs> the absolute bonkers budget behind this movie so the first question i have is Who's making the the deals? Like I'm picturing like what just happened with FTX. I, I'm thinking like who are the people that are just betting big on two billion dollars to make anything work? But basically, James Cameron said that this movie has to make back two billion just to become hit the profitable margin. Yeah. Now my question is the budget listed on IMDb is two hundred and fifty million dollars, which can't be right because is the idea here that it has to make two billion when all the sequels are done because he's also said that if nobody watches this one they're not going to make four and five did you know fast growing trees is the biggest online nursery in the u.s with more than ten thousand different kinds of plants and over two million happy customers in the u.s they have everything you could possibly want like fruit trees palm trees evergreens house plants and so much more whatever you're interested in they have it for you find the perfect fit for your climate and space Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, 
They offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Nobody go to the theater. Nobody go see this movie. We can't have four and five of these. This is ridiculous. It's already happening. The the plan has been set in motion. There's no stopping. Yeah, but at that no, he just said they're stopping it. If no no one goes to see this movie, because they they filmed two and three back to back. So two and three right. are being filmed at the same time. So I know that this movie has a fan base. I've seen a bunch of YouTubers push back on this and say, like, I don't know where the fan base is for this. And every time that happens, they the, get the mega pushback. Like so it's got a fan really base. Does it. it have $2 billion worth of fan base? That remains to be seen. I think because it was such a cultural moment to go see this in theaters yes. and everyone had to go see it in 3D and IMAX and they went with friends and family. It's just cemented so much in our memory that people think that they were a big fan of it. But if you revisited it and watched it again, you'd realize it doesn't have a substantive plot. To the extent that it does, it's just hippie tree-hugging bullshit, as one Fox executive called it. So I don't know if, like, revisiting it, aside from nostalgia, people will find that it's actually as strong as they remember. Here's the things working against it. Three hours and ten minute runtime. That uh, on one hand, that that yeah. makes somebody like me like no, no. But uh, okay. Minutes, but beyond yes. that, when you make a movie that long, you literally limit the amount of showings you can put in a theater per True. day. And when True. the original Avatar came out, it was the gimmick of 3D when 3D was new that sold people on going back to the movie because movies like this don't get to that level of profitability unless people go again. Right. When these movies make that much money, it's because if people have chosen that they don't want to just go see it one time, they want to see it a second or third time. But that novelty, like you don't really hear much about 3D anymore. It's well, more the novelty of, a of the technology they used uh, with I, I don't know the, the term for it, but they put these these points on the actors to yeah. add the CGI in later so that it looked real. Yeah. Like, that novelty of the technology they used to make the movie was more attractive to people than just, you know, the plot itself. And now I feel like watching the trailer for the sequel, I'm just watching, like, something you'd see in the background of a nail salon. Like, it's just calming water noises and ambient music and very little dialogue, very little about the plot is included in the trailer. That worries me too because they said in, in another part of these articles that says like they're going to be for, more focused on characters and relationships in this one and it remains to be seen if this movie can pull that theme off when it didn't have to do it the first time around because it focused on the technology. I know I pitched this a long time ago but my theory is that James Cameron doesn't really have a plot for this movie because a long time ago he was like plan to take a bathroom break it's gonna be so long yeah i fundamentally think he needs you to leave the theater and then come back in and be like oh i guess i missed something mm-hmm. because it doesn't make any so you sense have to go back not a theory that's a fact that's why the t- oh, it can't be a fact until we've seen it i mean um, i've got to get proof but like 
I think that like this idea is like it's gonna focus on relationship <laughs> and we can't figure out the plot from the trailer because we don't know what it is we have no idea we spent a ton of money on special effects we forgot to hire writers James Cameron said it would work like it just seems like a mess to me I I remember it being fun to go to the theater and see Avatar. Like but I that, didn't like the that, movie, but it was like the thing. But that but novelty sure, is not it's there over. anymore. And so I there's would, no plot. It's over budget, and we're supposed to just expect that whether you like it or not, they'll produce two more. Like I, I want to read. The I quote. don't understand the system. I want to read the quote because I do have questions about whether he means that this movie needs to make two billion or if all of them need to make two billion. He says each. You, he says you have to be the third or fourth highest grossing film in history that's your threshold that's your break even and he's talking about he's, the actual, that's a singular film that's a singular film to make that so is he talking about that because the budget listed on IMDb is 250 million dollars they invented they built a whole new camera from scratch to make this movie called the Venice wow. so I don't know if that's that, that wouldn't go into the marketing budget that would go into the well, film budget and the also other, when asked how expensive it was to make this movie he said, very effing. Yes. <laughs> I can't say that completely. And then he called it the worst business case in movie history. He's out <laughs> here just saying the wildest shit about it in GQ. It's so annoying. It's like so he awful. has this such a crass uh, way of, of speaking. And at the same time, this sense of entitlement because he is known for like big blockbuster movies that people yeah. didn't think would perform as well, like Titanic or Terminator 2. They performed really well, but he was criticized at the time for having such a big big budget on those. Here's the thing. This is his first sequel, as far as I know, since Terminator 2. He, he did the sequel to Aliens, to Alien, but the original uh. wasn't made by him. The original one was made by Ridley Scott. <laughs> so he hasn't done a sequel. He's produced sequels of his of his previous like he's done all the terminator sequels as a producer i believe but he didn't direct any of them so he he doesn't have that track record right now i don't even like what was the last movie that he made other because he was a producer on on uh terminator dark fate dark fate bombed. i should know this um know. but so 250 million dollar budget i don't buy that especially with covid19 restrictions that would have doubled that budget because they were filming right in the heart of covid i bet you it was closer to 500 million all in with marketing because this is one of the ones that will be on the high end of the marketing budget for sure. You're already like, when I looked up the movie, when I started like organizing the structure of the show today, my phone started going off like with like IMDb sending me stuff for uh, so Avatar. So obsessed with you. Uh, sending me stuff for like mm. Avatar. So it's, it's already getting, you're already getting the push notification marketing for it. And here's the other thing. Filming two and, uh, two and three back to back. I was like, I, I was wondering like, what was the last time that that worked was maybe the Matrix sequels were filmed back to back. But those piggybacked right off of the success of the first one right after it came out. Yeah. They didn't wait 13 and years. And this to Avatar it. sequel has missed deadlines that it was supposed to be done by. Yeah. Didn't they only start it in like 2013? Yeah. Well so after the well success after. of the first one. I don't know why they waited so long, but he's definitely coming off as overly defensive about it yeah. and about the huge budget. He said uh, he was defensive about it because it was always the first thing anybody would mention. And now I'm like, if I can make a business case to spend a billion dollars on a movie, I will effing do it. Do you want to know why? Because we don't put it all on a pile and light it on fire. We give it to people. So he genuinely thinks that this will pay off in the end. This 
that people will flock to this product. I he wish, is very confident. I wish that he was actually making like a, a, a business, like a trickle down economic argument. He's like, look, we need a lot of money because then we can pay a lot of people to have incomes. Like that he's a, making a weird like pro jobs argument. Walt, I know he's not, but like that would be cooler. That was a Walt Disney quote. He says, we don't make movies to make money. We make uh, we make money so that we can make more movies. That was an actually quote from Mark Disney. So I was looking at I was looking at uh, uh, an article about what were sequels that outdid the original box office wise. And just at the end of the right right before it live, I'm like, what are the examples of that? Because I can think of a couple off the top. Is of it my Tokyo head. Drift? Uh, <laughs> uh, Blade Runner 2049. That's because yeah. the original Blade Runner didn't was. There was a huge gap in between the original and this and the sequel. Or, that doesn't really count. But the in the original one's a cult classic, not necessarily one that was financially yeah. box office successful. Captain America: Winter Soldier. That's part of Marvel. I don't even necessarily count that because it's part of Marvel and the machine. Twilight made more money. This uh, the second one, but again, that's part of a trilogy or a, a trilogy of books, right? Yeah, and the original was more of an indie film that yeah. they didn't expect to make as much money as it did. Lethal Weapon 2 made more money. 22 Jump Street. I don't think hmm. I ever saw 22. I've seen 22 saw, Jump Street. I saw 21. I think I saw 22 before I saw 21. <laughs> the, oh. Born, the Born Supremacy, Shrek 2, Rambo First Blood, The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight's an interesting one because that uh, a lot of people remember Batman Begins doing better than it did because there was no... Uh, the industry hit people had no faith in Batman after Joel Schumacher did all the damage he did during the the latter half of the Val Kilmer and the George Clooney one. So Christopher Nolan had to like rebuild people's faith in the character and the franchise. Uh, he's kind of he's not working from that same position here. He's got all of the good publicity. It's just really old publicity for the old Avatar movie. And I just uh, I know there have been comics since then, but I just can't imagine like who is the guy. Who is the dude in the studio? Like, I'm picturing some, like, coke-snorting studio executive who, like, loves to also bet on crypto and Wall Street, right? And he's just like, yeah, we'll put up $2 billion into Avatar. It's only been a decade. What studio is behind those? Uh, it's Disney now, but originally it was 20th Century, Studi 20th Century Fox Studios, but Disney bought. Yeah, so I, I want to talk about this conversation he recalled with the head of Fox at the time that he was pitching yep. it initially. Um, he was talking to Peter Chernin, the, the head of Fox, and he was hesitant to go all in on the film because he said, firstly, is there any way you can get the kind of tree-hugging hippie bullshit out of it, <laughs> quote unquote? And then James Cameron replied, so Peter, I'm at a point now in my career and in my life where I can pretty much make any movie I want. And I chose to make this story because of the tree-hugging hippie bullshit. And then, then they asked Peter Chernin about this exchange. And he said, I don't remember the tree-hugging hippie bullshit part. I may have said that, but that's not it at all. He said that it was actually the length of the movie and the huge budget that he thought was way too high. Uh, he wasn't confident like, enough in it. To... He's like, there's no plot here and I can see through this. Yeah, and then James Cameron starts bluffing right after that. And he's like, well, I can just run over to Disney right now after this meeting and they'll buy it up right after you say no. So when you can this, when take it or leave it. When was this conversation? I think this is when he was pitching the original. Okay, well, Disney doesn't have that type of capital right now. <laughs> no, no. This was when this was when he was pitching the original yeah. Avatar. Even and then now he's bringing Disney this now. story up again yeah. to say that it's the same case with the sequel. I don't think it's analogous exactly. 
Um, but he's saying, you know, I was proven right once and I'll be proven right all over again. Imagine br- like bl- like gloating about something like this where it's not your money you're betting. It's the mm-hmm. studio's money you're betting. So so here's this other exchange that he recalled with an unnamed executive at Fox. Uh, he said he approached him with a cancer diagnosis expression after a pre-release screening of the film Avatar Way of Water and begged the director to shorten it. And then James Cameron said, something I've never said to anybody else in the business. I think this movie is going to make all the effing money. And when it does, it's going to be too late for you to love the film. It's time for you to love the movie today. So I'm not asking you to say something that you don't feel, but just know that I will always know that no matter how complimentary you are about the movie in the future, when it makes all the money, and that's exactly what I said in caps, all the money, not some of the money, (laughs) all the effing money, I said, you can't come back to me and compliment the film or chum along and say, look what we did together. You won't be able to do that. At that point, that particular studio executive flipped out and went bug shit on me, and I told told him to get the f out of my office and that's where it was left i feel like he is just so clearly like a completely arrogant person who thinks and insecure. that like yeah deeply <laughs> insecure people who are often extremely arrogant are really insecure and like it's interesting because it's like he thinks everything he does is completely right no matter what <laughs> and he's willing to die on that hill and manipulate the situation like going to the media first the story mm-hmm. because he can't get past his own narcissism like it's very interesting yeah. I just can't imagine uh, a world where, like, you can just, like... I mean, I understand that, like, when you become a studio executive, you understand that you're working with creatives, and that's a different environment than working with tech people. Then every yeah. every job where you have a studio executive, or uh, not a studio, but an, at the executive level, provides you with different uh, roadblocks and different things that you have to overcome with the people that work under you. Mm-hmm. And to work with uh, egomaniacal people like that like and then and then your director has to work with egomaniacal actors they all have the people that work under them that create unique problems for them to solve for all of it but I just can't imagine having that conversation and then being like we're betting two billion dollars on this dude but also he's unstable but he's creative and eccentric they love they love they love and there's still the trope that that's uh, that's a thing but what I found lately is that the the creative eccentric that makes the two billion dollar movie may be there or the billion dollar movie may exist but more often than not it's the uh, homogenous studio project that makes the billion dollar or the two billion dollar money not well, then the, Avengers Endgame yeah. outperformed Avatar yeah. as no, the highest grossing film no right? no Avatar is still the highest grossing film with multiple re-releases really? with multiple multiple okay okay the they, maybe they Ava- meant just the initial and box rem- office and I also remember um uh, they did the same thing with Avengers Endgame where they re-released it like yeah. hoping to cross Avatar and then it didn't and then I, I vaguely <laughs> remember Feige being kind of bitter about that but that they didn't James Cameron it. is like very full of himself yeah. about the fact that this is his brainchild and it's not part of this Actually. cinematic universe it's just his own and it's his own universe that he's and using he was, their money yeah, to, to make that, and he was also like bragging about how he has this this streaming service that's just in his own head when he goes to sleep at night and yeah still Avatar I was, he, yeah, he Avatar. It, it, this idea for the plot of the Avatar sequel came to him in the night in a dream do you think he's he just should, such a creative genius do you think he should have listened to the studio execs <laughs> I mean, who knows? We'll find out. It's just a lot of money to bet. I feel Mm -hmm. like 
I feel like it might Thank actually you. perform better than than expected. I'm sure better. it's going to make money. I, I'm sure it will at least. Uh, is it going to make two billion? Is it going to make two billion? It's a lot. Maybe both of them make two billion. But it's been long enough between the first one and now that people forgot what they thought of the first one. Other than that, it was cool blue yeah. people. Also, that see, I think that there's been enough like. Like at first people were like Oh so unusual 3D whatever And since then people were like That movie where nothing happens And it's blue I actually think Modern sentiment surrounding this movie Is relatively negative I don't like, think Like people so. don't I, I never hear I, of anyone being like You know what we should rewatch? Avatar <laughs> I've never heard of that in my life I do hear it for like Some of the Marvel movies And different stuff like that I try to always put myself In the perspective that There's a whole There's whole cultures uh, Subcultures of people That like stuff that I don't like And I do believe that I've seen enough pushback In the comment sections Of people who tend to make videos that are like right in line with their audiences where that pushback was unbeknownst yeah. to them too. So I think the audience people fondly that- remember it, but not because of the actual quality of the film or the plot or the characters yeah. that they got invested in. I don't think any of them could recall the names of yeah. the characters that were in that movie when or the protagonist. Uh, December 16th. Yep. See, and like that was one of the other things. Wasn't it a summer release last time? Yeah, but holiday releases are kind of sacred. I get holiday too. releases, but what I remember was like... When does Christmas break It's also when kids? like yeah. all of the young teens and young adults are free from like school. So yeah. they can go to the theater but multiple that times be- with their friends to see the special effects. Like the special mm-hmm. Special effects. I feel like, again, this is totally anecdotal. I'm not an industry expert, but I think the summer release helped the movie in a way that, like, having a limited holiday release, meaning, like, people have free time for a limited amount of time. December 16th is a, a Friday. Might might be the start of Christmas break for people, for kids. Oh, yeah. Uh, I so hope that, they don't put any other hair sex scenes in there that's inappropriate let's for avoid kids. Those. I bet they have more of them. <laughs> that's the age of Just for that, that cheap shock value. I also remember that the original Avatar was in theaters at the same time as M. Night Shyamalan's famously bad Avatar The Last Airbender <laughs> movie. It was in theaters at the exact same time. So it was like, who which was Avatar it? did you see? Who LOL. allowed that? Like, who allowed, like, that the Horrible never, decision. They would never, or, or maybe like they, maybe it was actually, they did that on purpose. They're like, nobody's going to go see this movie. Maybe if we le- put it out at the same time. To as sabotage the other. The other? <laughs> yeah. Like, what else is getting released yeah. alongside this? Um, no, there's no other big studio releases uh, until the end of the year. So this is, that is one end of the spectrum. This is the studio uh, backed gazillion dollar bet on a franchise that is 13 years old uh, method of doing things. I want to talk about this new venture that Ben Affleck and Matt Damon have. So Ben Affleck looks like he could be walking away basically from the Batman because he's remember he's going to be reprising his role at least not from the camp, Batman from 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 Batman from, from the role of Batman. Yeah. In he's going to at least make his appearance in the Aquaman sequel mm-hmm. that from what we understand but he's starting a new production co- a new production company called Actors Equity Artists with, Equity to say actors uh, Artists Equity with Matt Damon and it is a very very interesting venture in which they're going to be focused on making it rewards based meaning that you will get uh, re- rewarded for your work based on how well the movie does financially mm-hmm. rather than a lump sum up front uh, and the first thing I thought of is that in the streaming age the, the reason that content is basically why, why no one feels like any drive to create something that audiences like is because they get their money up front. It's released on streaming. They never release the accurate streaming numbers anyway. So there's never any incentive for them to make something that actually brings people back because there's no back-end payments 
for any of that, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a soft form of like, it's like the government. The government doesn't have to offer you a better version of a service if there isn't a better option for you, if they have a monopoly on it. And it seems like there isn't a monopoly on it from one company, but since all of these companies seem kind of unwilling to make stuff or to focus on stuff that people actually want, there is a good little market here for people who, now this is where you will develop the next James Cameron because these are people that are going to have to be feel so strongly about the stories they're writing, feel so strongly about their ability to direct these stories that they're going to bet on themselves and their work mm-hmm. that in a avoid the lump sum up front mm-hmm. and bet that you'll make more on the back end of it. And that happens a lot in Hollywood with you know bigger name actors. They will forego a large upfront payment in favor of residuals for how the movie does in DVD sales, how the movie does uh, you know on re-release. So if that means a return to like a meritocratic version of Hollywood. I'm kind of all for it. Yeah, it's interesting that you highlight that uh, aspect of meritocracy because it is called artist equity. Yeah, and that, that sounds like an affirmative action program, not an independent production company. I rolled my kind eyes. Kind of in there a misleading thought. name, yeah. right? And the equity part, I think, is actually referring to prioritizing people who work behind the scenes designing sets designing costumes lighting uh cameramen editors etc uh making sure that they're not underpaid as ben affleck feels strongly that they are underpaid compared to the people who are on camera and i don't know how i feel about that because I mean, they are more replaceable as staff than the actors in front of the cameras who bring the audiences in. But I would like to, I w- it would be interesting to get like, to be able to talk to like somebody who's considered the best costume designer. Cause even like, even the people who do scores, like a Hans Zimmer is a Hans Zimmer. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows who Hans Zimmer is. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't, you wouldn't be able to pick him out of a lineup. His name would resonate well, also, with you if you heard they it. They don't need you to pick him out of the lineup. They need the studio execs. The studio, exactly. Like, like it's, the people in the entry. I mean, equity meaning like um, intrinsic value in a company, like ownership of a company kind of makes sense for this. Like they're saying we would continue to make dividends off the movies in a way that we don't right now. It says, it says artist equity will deliver a percentage of the profit to the artists and creatives. And according to Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, their company intends to transcend the barrier of the corporate red tape and shift the balance of power to the creatives, giving them comp, uh, complete executive authority over their own vision rather than pandering to the needs yeah. of the studio execs and producers. He uh, has uh, understood that specifically given that Warner Brothers is famous for getting involved in meddling in the work of their of their productions especially on their superhero films look at what happened to David Ayer with the Suicide Squad film look what happened to the abysmal editing that was done to Batman vs Superman he understands that for somebody to be able to produce something that they believe in that they trust they can't have a bunch of executives telling them what needs to go when oftentimes executives are out of touch they don't really know what's going on or what these people want because they've just they're supposed to just trust that they hired the right people and then allow them them to do the work but they've also got they've got their focus groups they've got their uh industry workshops that require you to hire specific groups from you know specific people from specific groups so that they can get tax benefits there's all sorts of things on the corporate level that interfere with these projects long before they make it to actually filming the movies editing the movies and releasing them and the idea that you would be able to find a way to through the joint venture with like a i think it was like a like a capital fund it was like a like a 
an investment firm. That They've was gotten most of their investment, like $100 million or something like that from one firm. And I think that speaks to them and the people that are investing in it, understanding that the culture has changed around here and that there's a need that they could be filling as streaming is bogged down with stuff that nobody's watching, as movies are bogged down with messaging that prevents people from going to see a movie a second or third time. There is a product to be made here time and time again that audiences resonate with and I don't think that it should be dismissed out of hand that just because it's not involved with the big studio means that it wouldn't do well it's just going to take time and have to be more organic yeah they've planned like three releases for 2023 and they hope to have five releases in all the years coming after that each year and I think another thing that resonates with audiences is that you know, despite the power that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck's names carry in the industry, they've decided to uh, equal the playing field in a in at least an attempt to do so. Mm-hmm. And they're counteracting uh, the way that we are so overwhelmed with the ordinary celebrity narcissism that the actors and actresses and the auteurs think that they are what keeps this industry up and running. And ultimately, they would not be where they are without the tremendous amount of institutional help from all of these people behind the scenes. So it's nice to show them, you know, giving them some appreciation when they don't have to. They, They are at the point in their career where they could do whatever they want. Have you ever, have you ever been to like Hollywood and you see like the, the celebrities live in their, their mansions and everybody else lives in like blue collar, not slum housing, but like to live there, to live close to there and not be at that pay scale. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's absolutely insane. It's also because the, the funding model is so much smaller. It kind of, it's going to fill that need, which I believe needs to be met, which is less, bloated $2 billion needed to make a profit movies in more $50 million, you know, give somebody $25, $50 million with a vision and allow them to tell good stories. Joker was made for $55 million and it made a billion dollars at the box office. This could be a breeding ground for that type of story, but you can't allow the, you know, they can't expand and then make it a a bigger studio if it works because then you're just going to get bogged back down with the same problems Mm -hmm. as more hands get involved, as there's more cooks in the kitchen, more problems arise. And I think that there's potential for great storytelling here. Yeah, I think of this as like, maybe you'll disagree. I think of it as sort of a secular equivalent of Great American Family. Like, there are more of these independent production companies cropping up because I think of the big studios aren't performing to where we should expect. And, you know, they're about to make a bunch of profitable movies, mainly focusing on family, on traditional marriage, as they said, and like wholesome, like Christmas movies that are going to make money because they're so low budget. And and there is an audience that will find them. So, I mean, that's not what I'm looking for. Maybe I'm looking for more like horror films, like you're saying. Yeah, Blumhouse does horror. They they Mm -hmm. understand what their niche is, what their model is, what their budgetary reasons are, uh, constraints are. They stick within that. They they know their audience. It feels like maybe at the studio level, in these bigger studios, they've just gotten so big that they don't understand how to define themselves anymore. Yeah, and, and filmmakers get so caught up in 
what this film means for society. <laughs> I'm so when sick. it's like, okay, what does it mean for the shareholders? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I want. The are you actually gonna to... make? money enough to the point where you can make another movie that means something we need to make movies that say this movie means nothing for society this movie has no message there are i mean very far and few between but there are artists and directors who operate in that platform like i am just making something i'm not here to force feed you a moral like i'm making something to make it and it's up for it's it's the audience's discretion to take away what they will from it. And I think that is sort of the lost art of movie making. That's gone now because they have to they have to shoehorn what they believe into it. And yeah. then you're, it's like we talk about with the boys. You're not allowed to interpret it differently. Yeah. You have to interpret Well, they can't the leave any want. room for misinterpretation. Yeah. They don't want you to draw any Because they'll get labeled. Because mm-hmm. they'll get and there's labeled. There's also as... so much baggage that if anyone involved in the production of a project like that mm-hmm. has some personal misstep, in their in their private life then the whole project will get impugned as morally unclean i mean arguably we shouldn't know our celebrities like if you're an actor you should live Mm -hmm. an intensely private life we should it's obviously impossible for your own good we should well for your own good but also for the audience like we should want to divorce who is playing a character from their actual private lives right because it gives them the ability to move between roles and play different characters we talked about this once before but like Pete Davidson is always going to play essentially Pete Davidson in any movie. Like his personality yeah. is basically why people know him and it's why he would get cast. Maybe he has some secret talent and he is a good actor. I don't know. I don't follow him that intensely, but it is creating a culture where we pigeonhole and we typecast based on what we know from the outside perspective and it limits the stories that we're telling. And it also, mm-hmm. I would assume as the actor means that you are stuck. You play one type. They used to say this about like horror movies that like being cast in a horror movie was considered like a sign that your career was doing poorly because they're a lower budget and they like crank them out pretty quickly. Um, and I, I'm not a horror movie fan, but I know a lot of people don't agree with that analysis. But well, that's a, that was at be- a different time. Well, they're, and they're- there are also horror movie actors who are like, but I've made a ton of money and I've done 23 movies this year or whatever. The same thing like, was said about working in genre spaces mm-hmm. uh, in sci-fi for a time. And let's talk about some examples of why this would, uh, the the types of movies that this would help yeah. and, and prevent get made. And so, this goes beyond just the actors and yeah. actresses, but like now Brad Pitt has produced She Said, which came out on the 18th. And now he is getting uh, divorced from the PR for this film because of the controversy about him and, his him wife and, on an and Angelina Jolie on an airplane. Look it up. We're not going to rehash it right now. Stones, but, glass houses, all that. Yeah. So she said is following these two journalists who broke the Me Too story uh, against Harvey Weinstein. And uh, it's in theaters right now exclusively. And it's not doing too well. It's 2. not doing too 2, hot. 2.2 million, I think it made in They've, its opening weekend. Uh, predictably, the lowest, the they lowest, have flopped. The lowest opening weekend of any movie this year. Lower than bros. Yeah. Lower yeah. than bros. Because this is such a tired topic. It has just flown over people's heads because they're so tired of hearing about all of these like dark aspects of Hollywood and the allegations and then the aftermath of Me Too, which wasn't expected. Um, I think it's journalists patting themselves on the back. Yeah, and it is made for just the people who made it or the journalists who are being depicted in it, who are two real women, by the way. I don't think people have a problem with like nefarious stuff in Hollywood. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying they don't want to see it dramatized. Are you guys switching the Variety article? 
Uh, like we're on we're on New York Post right now. I don't uh, have a New York okay. Post it's one. A, it's about Harvey Harvey Weinstein was bragging about uh, she's uh, she well, said it's not a, doing well. There's a spokesperson for Harvey Weinstein who was clowning on she said for performing so badly, which I don't know if Harvey Weinstein talking badly about your movie is like a good endorsement of it. Yeah, actually, but I don't think anyone wins here. So here's I mean, what the spokesperson said. The film she said bombing isn't a surprise, said Weinstein's spokesperson. Movie watchers want to be entertained, especially now. Details of the investigation, the Me Too movement, the story of Weinstein and the accusers has been told over and over again these past five years. And it is clear that there was little worth paying to see it here. Harvey, the film producer and distributor, would have known that. So... I think that there is a valid point being made here, yeah. even though I am not on the side of Harvey Weinstein or a spokesperson by any means. It's true that audiences in the mainstream don't want to see a movie that is it's it's sort of about like self-flagellation in yeah. society. Like and then Me Too was sort of turned on the rest of the public when really it was a Hollywood focused issue. Here, that here's the other thing this and what was the name of the other movie women talking imagine that movie not doing well yeah there's another uh, movie of, with an ensemble cast called women talking that was about a fundamentalist community reacting to the aftermath of a sexual assault in their society and uh i can't think of anything less appealing than the pitch like that but they're up for an independent spirit award yes who cares and <laughs> and then their their director said, I don't think there's a moment where this film wouldn't be relevant. And it's just lacking self-awareness completely because this is exactly the moment it's where this relevant. film wouldn't be relevant. Here's the other thing. Uh, high reviews from audience and critics. So high reviews, high audience score does not equal mass appeal or relevancy. It means that you told a story successfully to a very, very small niche amount of people that are willing to pay money or subscribe to a streaming service to see that story get told. That does not always equal out to being a financially beneficial project. Yeah, it, there's more to making movies than starting a dialogue about some socially relevant or geopolitically relevant political issue so maybe so, maybe matt damon and, and ben affleck's firm is to bridge the gap between those two between the between the avatars and the she saids and find a healthy medium that allows them to tell interesting stories that actually do have mass appeal at more reasonable budgets with directors mm -hmm. who are motivated by the desire to succeed and make more money rather than just tell a story and start a dialogue yeah, the tell a story that means something to you, but make sure you make money at the same time. Make sure it's something people want to see. Mm -hmm. I think she said is a weird movie. I haven't seen it, obviously, but uh, they're following the story of the two women from the New York Times. Yep. So I haven't seen it. I don't know if you guys are playing too, but the way I remember the Harvey Weinstein story breaking is that Ronan Farrow broke the story majorly like the new york times public first but he started an investigation with the new yorker that was published like a week later and his investigation they both overlap but his was like 10 months and predated theirs yeah. so i find the push behind she said i know you guys alluded to brad pitt's involvement in it like 
just another effort to be like women did the thing yay feminism mm -hmm. here we go when actually it's like a young he was like 26 at the time connected to hollywood like i want to say nepotism but like because he's a journalist but like someone who grew up in this industry who obviously like being woody allen's son woody allen has some you know yes, strange yes, relationships yes. that he uh, that uh pharaoh as a reporter has also talked about publicly i don't know that harvey weinstein trashing this movie is a bad or good thing but i also think that this movie in and of itself like may not do well because it's not an accurate per uh, description of what happened right it like, also didn't need to come out in theaters no, this could have very it, I think easily gone to streaming gone i was surprised it, sure. like this storyline i'm surprised it didn't come out as like um like a docuseries a, a docuseries yeah. exactly or like a drama dramatization over like what 10 episodes yeah uh, that I, wouldn't give actresses a chance to pat themselves on the back and step into the shoes of the people who are like second to only them in annoyingness but what i'm saying Blue is like you could have you could have had eight dollar journalists you could have had them be actresses and done a dramatization of it again True. in a multi-part series I just don't really understand like why this aspect or this side of how this story came out is uh, is the focus other than feminism. And um, it is hypocritical because we know that now that Brad Pitt worked with Harvey Weinstein or Harvey Weinstein's backed projects even after Angelina Jolie told him that she had a run-in with Weinstein where she felt that he was about to hurt her. Well, and he theoretically had some altercation when he was dating Gwyneth Paltrow, yes, right? Yeah, like, and told him off in front of all these people. But what does it even mean after you continue working with him? All right, let's go Super Chats. Uh, Caper2x said, poor Brett, official toy for the BCC girls. Make mine marvel. I don't know how I feel about that. Brett's precious and we love him. <laughs> Potatoes for Seamus said, Brett, you're not neurotic. You're just you. Don't listen to Mary and Hannah Claire and her wonderful eyes. Brett, you are just fine the way you are. And then he sent a bunch of potato emojis that and was, hat emojis. That was all the validation I needed today. I'm ready. We're good to go. Let's get back to work. <laughs> By the way, guys, the blonde hair is gone officially. Yes. Yeah, let um, him see. Can I see under your he's, hat? He's going to show his bald head to the to He's the like shipping right off now. to boot camp right now. No. <laughs> I was shocked to see that this morning. I was like... Uh, was, I'm mourning I the loss of the blonde hair with the was, rest of I you. I am honestly surprised how long the blonde hair lasted. I commend you, Brett, for falling in love with your new look and I, sticking it out for several weeks. I, I held on to it for longer than I thought I would be able to. <laughs> I will admit that. Clint said, Howdy, people, and Scary Mary. Awesome seeing you again on IRL last night. I think you're one of the best guests they have next to Dave Landau. Ah. Wow. Thank you. Waffles Sensei said Hannah Claire is based. Showing off your integrity, girl. Yes, wow. weeks late, but I did watch Fast <laughs> she, and Furious. She followed story. through. Appreciate it. For, don't worry, it's going to get easier. That movie's weird. <laughs> Why didn't no one talk about that? It's like essentially an ex exploration of incestuous relationships. I don't think many people came to that conclusion <laughs> when they watched it. Probably just you. <laughs> Sketch Therapy said Fast and the Furious doesn't hate your gender or race. Is that the only reason to like That's, it? It's one of the reasons to like it. And, it didn't and, like come out in like 2000 whatever. Like they weren't. The very weren't, first one was 2001. Okay, but movies weren't it, it excessively focused on gender or race back then anyway. No, but it's very easy. Actually, what, one of like, the things I point all the out, ones that I've seen talk about race 
like they don't openly talk about it in a woke way, but race plays a huge role in all of it because but in they an all have cultural. T- well, it's all like okay. tied to culture, right? Yeah. As opposed to being like we're all kind of the same and don't worry. Like exactly, you have you know different ethnicities in LA. You have obviously like in Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift. It's like Japanese culture and this Western Gaijin, as they keep repeatedly calling him. That's one of the things about I I, I, I go. So they care about your race, but yeah. they don't like. I don't know. It's acknowledging it. the reality of it. I, I go through and I Using watch it more interesting and I watch episodes movies. of The Shield on the weekend. The Shield is a very hard one to watch because it's filmed in like a documentary style way. It's very jerky camera work to to make it seem like you're being filmed from far away. It's very very like jarring. So I only watch it on the weekends usually. And the the discussion of the racial politics of Los Angeles in that show is like you it's shockingly you would never be able to retell those stories today how honest they are about the racial politics mm-hmm. of the time there from white supremacists to, you know, uh, the Mexican gangs in LA and all everything going on. It's, it's crazy. Like you just, it's like, there's a level of honesty there. Like you wouldn't be able to do in the social media age because the second they got any pushback to it by some activist with an $8 blue check Mark, they would immediately back off of it. Mm-hmm. The wire did the same thing except in Baltimore. Tacti Platy said Hannah Claire fourth movie goes back to a plot making sense. That is true. Why I, am I, I suspicious? I don't believe you. I mean, like, thank you for possibly offering a ray of hope, but I suspect not. I don't even know what the fourth one's called. What is it called? Four. It's just Fast it's just and Furious. Fast and furious. Okay, like, cool. It's just Fast and Furious. Caper 2 X said... Was number? No number. <laughs> what was the first one? Fast the Fast and the Furious. Oh. Oh, some articles in there. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> Caper2x said, Brett, I thought they were making several movies at the same time, so a $2 billion price tag seems to be on the right target zone. Hi, Hannah Claire. Well, that's why I asked the question about whether, because he said in that thing, he says that this it movie needs like to sing- be. sounds like a singular movie that he is talking about that needs that threshold. Yeah. So that's so, why I had so questions. admit it. He has no idea what's going on. Maybe we'll Maybe find out. Maybe he's just like a bold know. liar, and he has no <laughs> idea how much this movie costs. He doesn't know what's happening. Is it? He doesn't. It's know not his money, it. so why should he care? He's yeah. got to bluff his way through through life over here. <laughs> Javi J said, "I loved the Go Go Boots. I am hung up on the incest." Hannah <laughs> Claire Brimelow. Hi, Brett. <laughs> Look, I feel like this is an important takeaway from that movie. Uh, and yeah, Go Go Boots are coming back into fashion right now, but they were definitely there, uh, in, apparently in Japan in the early 2000s. Wait, uh, uh, who's wearing Go Go Boots now? Is there a famous it's person just, in particular? I feel like so much of vintage fashion has splintered, and so there's a lot of like 70 influence that's popular I, right now. I don't yeah. actually know what a Go Go Boot is. You would know. They're like show the you. They're white like, patent leather. And they're like boots. With um, the think of heels. okay. Did you see the live action Scooby Doo? Yes. Do you know? Yes. The okay. All right. Yes. Yeah. All right. Because <laughs> when I think of it, I think of like the platforms that the Spice Girls wore. It's a Spice similar Girls vibe, movie. but a little bit different. <laughs> Every, by the way, everyone, if you get a chance later, go watch. I believe it's online. Go watch Spice Girls Meet the Aliens from the Spice World movie. It'll change your life. It's incredible. So you're admitting you're a Spice Girls fan? I'm amazing. a Spice World the movie which, fan. Which Spice Girls your favorite? Uh, Victoria. Classic. Yeah. Uh, who doesn't love Posh Spice? I always liked Baby Spice the most. See, that would that's, that's no, just my that vibe. would be creepy. Not allowed to do now. That there's some weirdness there. Unless really? it was in an incestuous relationship, yeah. and Fast and Furious is <laughs> like put it creepy? in the movie. Uh, I think calling an adult Baby Spice and have her oh. like lick lollipops. It's a, it's a term of endearment. Yeah, but not the way they're doing. Not it. Not the way they're doing uh, it. <laughs> I don't know. I always liked her vibe. 
Thousand Foot Deep End said, maybe the movie is so long to force you to buy a second ticket so you can see what you missed when the, going to the bathroom the first time around. Oh, well. I'm going to ruin this for all Just of you. Just fill in the gaps. There's nothing there. He needs the gaps so you're confused. They fall asleep. No, it's, it's for people they fall asleep and then they have to go again because they slept through the second half. Of maybe it. I can like hire someone to go see <laughs> Avatar Way of Water for me to tell me about it. Harold Wiley said, Avatar was just Dances with Wolves meets Fern Gully. Is this new one going to be Dances with Wolves meets The Abyss? Most James, most James Cameron's most successful movies are just remakes of old plots. Well, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Plus, when are we going to get Titanic 2? Electric Hopefully Boogaloo. never. Are they like going to be amphibian creatures living oh, in the sea well, hey, maybe with the ruins that would be and we'll know highly insensitive by the be, way and they'll figure out whether that door actually would have held Dude, up their weight ti- can i go off about titanic yes rose was so she was such a floozy like this is literally just a story about a woman cheating yeah. on her fiance on a, on a cruise like and we're supposed to be swooning that's a great that's a me- that's also an her fi- there was nothing wrong with her fiance other than he was kind of a dick kind like of dick. okay but he would have been a stable partner for the for the rest of your life like you you should have just stayed with the guy have you seen the montage the guy made of titanic but with his cat and all the scenes replace great all the scenes (laughs) replace rose and put a cat in there and it's like perfectly done and and it's set to my heart will go on by celine dion i've never seen titanic i uh it's that's another three-hour movie that uh, back in the day you had to get two vhs tapes when you bought it it came yeah i remember it like in the video store (laughs) and like the double decker thing but like yeah, I don't really get the appeal of it that It would have been either. so much better if it just focused on ordinary people and not the love story part of it because I just disliked her as the, a protagonist. There's also a bunch of fantastic memes that show like when he's like showing her that when he's like looking at the drawing book and then it shows him opening it and showing it to her where they put like one, it's him opening it and it's a bunch of Pokemon cards and she's <laughs> looking at Pokemon cards. There's one who does it and it's, a, and it's like her naked but it's a stick figure. And it's got the like the meme face. <laughs> it's inc- funny. There's like that movie has spawned a million fantastic memes. But the other more is, than anyone who's actually watched it. The the one it's like uh, Titanic. It's like it's the story of a, a girl who cheated on her husband with with a homeless guy on a cruise. Literally, yeah. Like <laughs> would never. <laughs> Sketch therapy said Fast and Furious may hate logic, but it doesn't hate you. Hey, that is a good catchphrase, right? I don't there. hate That's it either. Awful. I just don't get it. Just remember, they're still they're still talking about that. That, that girl boss Fast and the Furious movie and that I will boycott. What? That, yeah, they want to make an all girls which clearly Why? means that they don't understand their, the, there we go again, Fast Universal. Fast and Furious Broads Edition. Universal not understanding their target demographic. They don't realize that the reason people go see it isn't because you're making high art, it's because you're making girls shaking they, their butts and showing cool cars. They can only make it if they talk about the fact that women consistently have lower car insurance rates. <laughs> well, no, it's, like, it's I heard like that Vin Diesel and, being like, we're not allowed to own cars anymore because it's too expensive. <laughs> I heard the Fast and Furious movies pass the Bechdel test anyway. Yeah, they do. So what? What? Where's the need for improvement after that? I don't think this because one would have packed the Be- Bechdel test. That's where like women talk to each other, not about men, right? For yeah. like over a certain amount of minutes. I never saw any of the girls talk to another girl. I saw them oh. near each other. There's no way this is true. Probably depends on the movie. <laughs> I feel like it's a good sign if you pass the if you fail the Bechdel test. Like that's Probably. not a condemnation. See, if I ever go back into the real world, I'm gonna have to be back in a society where I'm gonna realize that most women don't actually buy that. Like hopefully, most women. 
have no idea what the Bechdel that's, test is. That's, that's what enough. you would hope. Let's read one more and then we'll we'll move on. Tacti Plotty said, I liked Last Airbender movie more than Avatar. Whoa. That's fighting words in the chat there. That's just insulting the Avatar movie, not complimenting the Last Airbender. What if this guy is like just trying to start chaos? That could be. I mean, go off, I guess. All right, guys, we're moving on. And we will get back to the Super Chats after this next topic. So Dwayne Johnson's Black Adam is now on digital due to high piracy demand. So what is interesting about this is they it's only been out for like a month. That's a very fast turnover. But it goes. feels like it was so long ago that we watched it. It didn't surprise me at first. This did is it perspective. come out in it's, theater it's, or it was feel, it just like no, it streaming? It's, no, it's, it feels that that's a difference in perspective because to me this feels like it was just last week. That When's we it going to show this. up on HBO Max? Uh, it won't be for a while. I bet you not till uh, into March probably. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, well, they want to make their money on pay VOD before it goes to yeah the, before it goes there so Do says, Chinese people love Dwayne Johnson that much they love the apparently well, I got the number down here yeah so uh Hobbs and Shaw made 200 million dollars in China alone they love they love the rock mm-hmm. over there which is interesting because China has their own history like not being I, I guess maybe it's because uh if it's because he was a wrestler first but you know they weren't they had all their censorship with John Boyega relating and Black Panther over there because they censor it because of they believe that the Chinese audience is racist I don't know if you would say that that's true I know that that's that the studios do that at the request of the government I can't say whether that's true of the people there, but I know yeah. that the, the Chinese government... And if government, we ever looked into it, who knows yeah. if the statistics would, would be accurate. Be yeah. accurate. So it says China might have something to do with the with the high demand for, for piracy because the movie is banned over there. Damn you, Pierce it, Brosnan, it is, for being buddies with the Dalai Lama, kind of. Now it's... More like acquaintances. All these personal failings ru- ruining movies. It's the, No, it's, it's, it's globalization. It's globalization that's ruining movies because everyone is going to piss off someone somewhere Somewhere, and then everyone uh, will be bannable somewhere. I watched uh, a thing this morning about do we need the Brosnaissance talking about uh, somebody suggested like a daring idea would be to b- bring Pierce Braz- Brosnan back as James Bond to do like another uh, another Bond film as like an older Bond. Like the ARP uh, version of James Bond? Yeah, yeah, basically. Uh, and, and But they're talking about, uh, they were showing all these interview clips of him and it's interesting because he to me is one of those people that's, he comes off extremely magnanimous and very much the artist type, right? He's a, an artist artist. He talks about, I love this character because of this. And, oh, thank, thank you guys. And uh, for him to be the one of all people to, to cause the ban, uh, remember, I would have imagined if they could have gotten it released in there, they would have had The Rock uh, pander to China the way they had John Cena pander to China for Fast and the Furious 9. Yeah, remember he's he, just the right type. I don't remember. I haven't gotten there yet. Don't ruin um, it for me. Well, what happened was... Uh, he Those he, videos of John Cena speaking, on Instagram speaking Chinese to his, to his Chinese fans... We're just so jarring, and yeah, he was lampooned for being a sellout. Well, he used to do that. um, He did that because he was. uh, It was part of his ambassadorship that he used to do for WWE. So he learned Mandarin. But it's it's because he used to. He like I remember there was like a skit, not a skit, but like a segment they did in wrestling where he talks to someone in in Chinese, and like that's the how he gets them. Uh, but it's, uh, I don't think that there's a way they could have pulled this back. And I also want to know, like, who's the person going out and doing the piracy checking to see how the piracy rates are going. And we do not, uh, we do not advocate for piracy here at pop culture crisis. Do we? Do we not, not openly, not, not maybe openly. implicitly. So it's, <laughs> uh, and then we have black Panther, which had a 30, it had a 69% drop or 63% drop between week one and week two. 
for these movies. And I wonder, like, do none of it was Top Gun the only movie this year that had really strong box office hold, right? Like they're releasing yeah. Maverick on Christmas Day on Paramount Plus. Yeah, and I, I see came, people talking about that today. It came the out thing in like is, May. For Wakanda Forever, I think the initial box office was all people who are intense fans of the first movie in that franchise. And then us. And then, yeah, <laughs> us who have to watch it no matter what. Um, <laughs> hey, I liked it. I'm the only one and who liked the, it. And then the next weekends after that show that it's, it's underperforming compared to the first one because yeah. you've gotten rid of the titular character. Yep. Um, then for Black Adam, that was more of just a an interest in the direction of the DCU. I think it's not making that much money. They're already talking about like how because Doctor uh, Spoiler Alert. If you have not seen Black Adam, so Doctor Fate Doctor Fate passes away. So but not idea, really though. He's gonna come back. Wink, wink. But the idea is that if they wanted to release Black Adam two in theaters, what they can do is they can move Doctor Fate, give him his own. People like people liked Pierce Brosnan as his character a lot. Move him to HBO Max, give him a series. Yeah, fine. But then you can make Black Adam two without him, and then get a Chinese release and hopefully secure what an a insult much though. <laughs> to oh, to, well, I mean they've got enough of an explanation. To it where Pierce Brosnan would have to be kind of a jerk to be like, why aren't you putting me in this one? He would know why without needing to be told sure. why. I don't but, even know if he wants to be in the streaming space, though. He's, um, you know, you know we'll do you, see. Do you remember when we I talked about uh, a long time ago, we talked about like the there was like the James Bond reality TV series yes. that I was talking about and how much I hated that. Wait, idea. reality TV yes. series? Yeah, it was a reality. It was huh? like. Sort of James Bond meets um, a, a Greatest Race or something. I've excised it from my brain. I hated it that much. But it, it was didn't based... make any sense. And what did they also, do? What's the premise? That's... They were just trying out being secret agents around the world. Like, again, they would go from city to city and do challenges. But, like, to so... what end? So the idea I was like, <laughs> Bond might be one that maybe, and I hate to say this, might be an interesting one to bring to a streaming space, but not with his character, with some of the other characters. Like, they've built up enough of uh, the, like, the Money Penny and the, well, yeah, more Money Penny with, uh, what's her name in the, in the sequels, but also with uh, Q. Like, I could see them taking those ones to the streaming space the way they would bring Dr. Fate to streaming and if you bring some of the characters to streaming you might curb that desire for uh for people to torrent stuff if you can give them material in the meantime right so i don't think that for the rock it's going to make a big deal but i don't think his direction is where they end up going i think they end up going with james gunn anyways i i think that now that james gunn is in charge over there he's not going to have mm. the power and they will say that they don't get along very yeah. well the Rock, who is very much, he's a what I call like he's the performative good guy, meaning like he he's uh, he's the one who's going to let you know, hey man, good job. He's going to do it on social media where everyone can see him doing it, mm -hmm. and him and James Gunn are not talking on social media. That's why that it comes off as egotistical when The Rock is out here on Twitter talking to the fans yeah. and how we love the fans and we want to serve the fans. Thank you. Like we get it already. Yeah, you're just trying to be their hero. But people are so starved for someone to yeah. not tell them they're. A Nazi right now that they'll take anything that they can get. Yeah, I think that's it's a pretty pathetic state of entertainment that we're at right well, now. It, it should it should scare people that that's how low the bar is. Like the bar is like don't get torrented because your movie doesn't come out in China and don't 
torrent and don't tell we'll your just fans cover that all of your bases yeah. so that nobody involved in your film is objectionable to the CCP in any way, shape, or form. Do you form. remember? Do you remember when Beyonce was releasing her album? She's like, they did Me Too background checks on yeah, all the I people working on it. So what they're an insane type of background check. Like, like have you R-worded someone? No. We heard about that, but we never got any details of what it meant. But then she didn't she get in trouble for like using yeah. the wrong word? So, she but the, she also got in trouble because it was confirmed that somebody on her project had already yeah. <laughs> been alleged assaulter. That was the reason. So, but I thought they me too background check them. I don't understand. Apparently, it was wasn't expensive enough. I feel or, like that must have been like they looked at some people and be like, "I don't trust the way you look." Let okay. me look through your Twitter. So then I got a, a question for you because I don't think I ever got to ask you this question, Mary. If you if they were to make the sequel to Black Adam, how could they fix it in a way that would? Because I consider you to be kind of the the audience they would want to to please. Because you're very very like they should really? set the you, they should set the bar at somebody that's very very difficult to please, right? They're like Brett will watch anything. Brett loves this crap. It doesn't matter how little it makes sense or anything. What is something that they could do to this movie, uh, to this series that you think could bring it around to something that you would enjoy, if not watch multiple times, at least enjoy watching the first time? Okay, objectively though, <laughs> I am not the audience that they are trying to please. No, but. I'm saying anyone who is even slightly picky with what they go to the movies to watch <laughs> is not their target audience. Then they they are going for the casual yeah. like superhero movie watcher. Then you bulwark your then, then you set your you set your goals extremely high. So if they shoot for entertaining you and they only get here, I'm entertained. All the people in the middle are entertained. They just fall short of uh, of kind of pleasing the people that are much harder to do so. Is well, something- I remember what bothered me most about Black Adam was that they they teased exploring certain themes, uh, like with Black Adam being an anti-hero and the ethics of killing your enemies and killing villains specifically, and then they didn't actually use the plot or character development to fully go come to conclusions about any of those ideas nor did he change or ask any questions and i was also bothered by the fact that black adam doesn't seem to have any character development in the film there is no uh, like the audience is not let into his intentions behind anything he does or yeah. chooses not to do who he intends to kill or not kill. There is no explanation. It seems completely arbitrary, which disengages me from, like, the stakes. The interesting part about that is I felt like, because at the end, he basically gets them to surrender. Like, and they could have made a bigger deal about the fact that they just accept that he's too powerful and they can't get him to change his ways, but he just kind of becomes generically less villainous. Uh, yeah, generically less anti anti heroish. So there could have been a big deal made about how the entire stink bug, how the entire Justice Society tries to bring well, not the entire Justice Society, how the Justice Society tries to bring him down, and eventually he just gets them to submit to him. And there could have mm-hmm. been that could have been played for something actually meaningful, and it was just kind of passed over. It's like, oh, I guess we lost. He just seemed to arbitrarily go to the good guy's side. Yeah, with no explanation no is explanation other than maybe convenience. So maybe more concrete plot uh, uh, character growth? Yeah, and also, I mean, this isn't necessarily something they needed, they needed to get into, but he was essentially, like, cryonically unfrozen from an ancient age. Yeah. And then there was just no conflict with his understanding of the modern world at all. Yeah. He just, there was no way that his values imposed upon 
modern values yeah. in very obvious ways, like his ideas about masculinity and like the way that Adriana's son should behave in in the face of adversity. Yeah. That's so, a little bit too deep yeah. than I think they're, they're willing capable uh, or yeah. willing to go. So that that was my main beef with Black Adam. Do you, when you watch, uh, you don't watch movies very often, but when you do, does it bother you, do, do plot holes bother you more if the movie is more serious? Or would it like, like when you watch the, you probably like me, or not like me in that I can watch it and just discount it as like probably something was left on the editing room floor and your brain fills in the blanks. I think that you have to distinguish between like a plot hole, meaning like there is an obvious gap of information that impacts the um, impacts the story versus like something being left in omission for you to draw your own conclusions about or like yeah. if there is a sequel for them to circle back and fill in, right? You don't want to have a story that's like so explained to death that mm -hmm. there's no ability for the viewer to have space to interpret it, right? Plot holes to me are things where it's like in one scene they say this thing, but in the next scene it seems unclear. Like yeah. to go back to my example of the day, like somehow implying that a character was adopted by another character's grandmother. <laughs> With like no for no specific reason, she just happened to randomly know about this prostitute's baby. Like that, they obviously didn't think that one through. They just needed to be like, oh, they've known each other forever. How do we make this work? Gaps without intentionality behind them. Right, and to a certain point they needed just like uh, Fast and Furious needed like an unattached teenage girl who was like dateable but also connected. Uh, I obviously didn't see Black Adam, so I can't speak to that. But I think that is the problem with these giant multiverses. Like they start to be like, well, we'll leave it vague because we are, we haven't figured it out ourselves. Like how we want to fill this in, mm -hmm. but it becomes nonsensical. They don't stick to things that follow through and therefore create all of these points in the plot like long-running tv show series have this right like season one a character will say like what uh friends like one of the character turns 30 like five times like he's like 29 for like three years or something like those are sort of discrepancies we can forgive yeah they don't make a lot of sense but they don't actually tremendously impact the show uh, big gaps in like why this character would show up here or like saying like why would he not if he's been frozen or whatever for a long time why would he not have any questions about what's going on they just yeah. like fall into place like yeah. that doesn't make any sense dave uh dave cullen just released a really good video the other day about the problems with the multiverse plot device because that's what it is now it's a plot device um so or I'm, just a lack of yeah. plot device yeah. and then there's a discrepancy like the confirmation of whether or not dr fate died there because they don't know yet if it's going to be geopolitically advantageous to hire Pierce Brosnan again. Mm -hmm. That's completely unrelated from the plot. And it's not like a strategic omission, right? Yeah. Like they're yeah. doing it because they're in a position of weakness. They don't know if they... It's not that they like haven't decided if they're bringing back this character to tell this kind of story. It's like they literally are like, we are not sure if this person's going to be radioactive by the time we go to make that movie. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I it just... It's to me not appealing generally. It's one of the reasons that I don't like these kinds of like yeah. superverse worlds or whatever because they don't rely like for me if each one of these movies was strong enough to hold on its own, you could release it on its own and its storyline is solid, then I would watch them. But yeah. right now you kind of have to be in the weeds like you guys have been talking about this like movie. I've never seen it. I have no idea who any of these characters are. I have no idea what happens in this movie. Like, I'm not yeah. more drawn into it by hearing about it. It just, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And 
it probably never will. And a lot so, of DC fans didn't even know who this character was before they made the, the film about him. So, all right. speaking of celebrities who may or may not be radioactive, let's talk about Chris Brown because he just re-entered the public conversation. The AMAs just happened, hosted by Kelly Rowland, and she was there to accept the Favorite Male R&B Artist Award on behalf of Chris Brown because he couldn't make it. He, <laughs> So he received this award, she accepted it for him, and then responded to the crowd's uh, jeering, saying, excuse me, chill out. I want to tell Chris, thank you so much for making great R&B music. And I want to tell him, thank you for being an incredible performer. I'll yeah. take this award and bring it to you. I love you. Congratulations and congratulations to all the nominees in this category. Where was he? He just didn't show up because he has a bad reputation or? Well, you told me that he might not have showed up to the award ceremony he because to... he had plans to do like a Michael Jackson tribute performance. That they that they that like, they shot that down. They shot down. Oh, okay. So he's offended. But, uh, I don't know if that's the case. Like, is this one Aziz Ansari didn't show up to collect an award <laughs> because like all the stuff had come out, it, or it's is this more like he just didn't feel like coming because award shows are lame? At which point, like, I agree with Chris Brown he... or. Chris Brown is kind of the living proof that if you just don't, if you just don't if, address just it, just don't address <laughs> it. Keep doing your thing. You will be fine mm -hmm. because yeah. he has perhaps one of the most. Uh, or if you're good enough at what you do, people will at least choose to ignore. Yes. how bad of a person so you are if, in your private life. If you are extremely talented and you're smart enough to not keep bringing up something, if he keeps paying, if he keeps talking about it, it becomes all he is. But there have been times where in the past where he's released music. Now, I'm not a Chris Brown music fan, but where I forgot that what happened with Rihanna happened, mm. right? Where it's like, oh, is See, he the one? For me, I, could I didn't really know who he was before that happened. Yeah. Like, because she was kind of the pop star. I know he was probably popular, but I wasn't listening to the radio or whatever at that time in my life. Mm -hmm. um, so my major introduction to Chris Brown was, like, the assault in the car or whatever. Yeah, so people were angered by Kelly Rowland's comments because it doesn't seem like she is standing in solidarity with other women in the music industry, specifically but Rihanna, is this by endorsing him. Also, neither is this award show by giving him the award, yes? Like, right. Not that I agree with that, but like, that's their problem as well. does it matter because Rihanna had forgiven him? So Publicly, yeah. So shouldn't if... Shouldn't she says her no hard feelings. Shouldn't her forgiveness play a role in how people interpret it? Like, uh, maybe I'm um, wrong there. Like, shouldn't her being willing to forgive this at least... I think it's irrelevant to whether or not you can enjoy Chris Brown's music and then yeah. give him accolades for his music rather than his personal character. Is so I just want to read out Rowland's statement to DMZ when she was responding to the backlash. She said, I believe that grace is very real and we all need a dose of it. And before we point fingers at anybody, we should realize how grateful we are for every moment that we get, even our own things that we have. I just think it's important to remember to be human we are humans. We all need to be forgiven for anything that we could be doing, anything that we're thinking. We all come up short in some kind of way, and grace is real. We are humans, and everybody deserves grace. Then I have to ask these questions. So that's questions. an interesting statement yes. considering cancel culture. I want, I want to ask these questions because this is one of the, these are these topics where 
you have to be very clear about where your boundaries are as to what's acceptable and what isn't. Is this a situation, like we talk a lot about how we're in a culture that's very, very anti-forgiveness, that once you're a bad person now in our society, you're bad forever according to the internet. Where do we draw the line as a society, as people with your own moral compass, what is allowed to be given grace and forgiven and what isn't? And does it depend on what a person offers society? I'm not asking you if that matters to you. I'm saying, do you think that it matters more what a person can offer society, whether they're given that forgiveness or not? Because I do believe that we're in an extremely anti-forgiveness culture. I don't believe that most people want to forgive other people. Well, groups can't forgive individuals. Groups can't apologize for the sins of individuals either. And... To even operate in that framework isn't going to get us anywhere Okay. as far as like human understanding. So it's not my place or any group of people's place or women's place to just all of a sudden collectively forgive then let me Chris ask for, Brown as a hive mind. For you as a, a person. I, but it's not my place yeah. to forgive okay. Chris Brown because he didn't wrong me. Yeah. And he also didn't wrong me as insofar as like I am a woman, right? He wronged this individual woman, and it's her place to yeah. forgive him or, or not. And that also has nothing to do with my ability to enjoy his music without thinking of that incident in my head. I'm able to do that with people that have strong beliefs that, that say insulting things about the things that I believe. I can watch somebody's art and not think about the decisions they've made or the things they've done. I know not everyone can do that. And I encourage people to vote with your wallet if, if it matters to you. Uh, when you know when somebody says something that you feel is extremely um, incongruous to what you believe, I'm okay with you choosing with your wallet to not support that. Yeah. I'm just saying that me personally, mm-hmm. I can discount it in the name of something that uh, a piece of art that brings me joy. So for me, like domestic violence is really serious. It's unacceptable. Of like course. it's you know not okay. I think that men who resort to that are like pathetic or women that support sure that no especially that. women it's extremely high among uh lesbian couples i've heard that um but the other part of it is like there are a lot of people in the music industry who are uh who have bad records things so like for chris brown it's not just the like one incident with rihanna like he has a history of like attacking his manager or like doing whatever like he's I prone know that. to anger. yeah he's prone to like anger and outbursts and so like i am wary of all of these things again he doesn't need mary's right he doesn't need my forgiveness for the wrongs that he caused other people but like generally yeah i do think about like is this the kind of person that i would want to endorse 110 percent? probably not but i also don't like if a chris brown song comes on the radio I'm not going to freak out if it's on in a store. I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to buy his albums, but I probably never would have, right? Yeah. I also don't think that, like, we need to, you know, there has to be um, a neutral ground. Like, he doesn't have to be crucified forever because he's done wrong things. On the other hand, like, thank you. You know, if you have a history of them and you continue to be violent, especially towards people that you have intimate relationships with, not just like romantic, but like your friends, your manager, stuff like that, people you know well, like, that to me shows a level of instability uh, and a lack of character that I wouldn't want to go out of my way yeah. to support. Do you, uh, is Chris Brown music you listen to? I've, I've, I do listen to 
a lot of his songs actually. So, so when you do, does it does does the New thought of do you you put on a, a Chris Brown song, just a picture of Rihanna, no. Rihanna in do, your mind come up? No. When when I listen to a Justin Bieber song, do I immediately think of him peeing in a mop bu- bucket? No, yes, I do. I don't. But like personally, <laughs> really. that's that's up to my discretion. And yeah. like so many people on Twitter have in their bio retweets don't equal endorsements and it's like no shit we know that well that's but just because they're in they, they that's in an age where people just can't compute that nuance yeah. that you know retweeting someone streaming their music even liking their instagram post or giving them an accolade for their album yeah. is not the same thing as endorsing them as like their personal character and saying that you support everything they've ever done or said. Even not on the on, on the celebrity side, I remember the first time that a friend, not even a friend, a guy that I, I was involved with in the skating industry, who uh, he's a videographer, who just went super bonkers political in like the late you know 2016 2017. I like liked another uh, another guy posted a, a skating clip of him. I liked the post on Facebook back when I used Facebook, right? And he sends me a message and it's like, the other guy's like, did you know that this guy like posts like pro Donald Trump stuff on his page? And I'm like, no, because I don't look at his and page. And also who cares? It showed up on my page. Also, why would I, why would I care? I don't care one way or the other. But it's like, they take your endorsement of that one thing, of that one clip of him skating as meaning that I support him, therefore I support all the beliefs he has in this world. Yeah, and That's insane. Especially that scenario is so vague. Like, is it that you liked, I've lost track of the story, but like, is it that you liked the person skating or the person who posted the thing or is he post, do you like the video or you like the skateboard yeah, that they were could, at or you could like the trick that he did? A million you have no ways. idea with that vague like, like what you're actually yeah. uh, connecting with. Uh, and also like, so what if he posted political things you don't agree with? Yeah. Like to me, that is even like comparing that to like Chris Brown, like at least Chris Brown has been convicted of violence. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you don't like someone because they have an opinion that's different than yours, like that's, you know, that's on you. That's but like this is in. like the scenario where Chris Brown is like consistently shows a pattern of anger and violence. And at what point do we say like, we don't know mm-hmm. that like, he is the person that we should be awarding things to. And that was, again, I don't really feel strongly about it either way. I wouldn't go out of my way to support him. It reminds me of when we talked about Mike Tyson and the fact that he was convicted of of a rape charge. And there are still plenty of people who are diehard fans. One of them was in our chat, absolutely losing his mind because we were just acknowledging that he had been convicted of a crime. Okay, here's another one. Uh, Another person would post, like, there was a guy who, he would make skating edits to Michael Jackson music, and there was, like, a dude who would post comments, like, you know that this dude's, like, a pedophile, right? And it's like, dude, I love the, I love Thriller. Damn, that's crazy. I don't know what you want me to do. Like, I I like the song. Also, like, it Sorry, doesn't unpedophile is, Michael Jackson to yeah. not stream his music. And this is super morbid, but like he's dead, so yeah. his kids are making money off his estate now. Like at this point, if you listen to Michael yeah. Jackson's music, you're not supporting Michael Jackson. But generational curses. But I guess this is Whatever. this is the age we live in now, where your life is mirrored digitally, and you are always running for president, and you're always on trial, no matter what you do. Uh, it's why I don't argue with people in comment sections because uh, everything becomes like a weird. Um, if you respond, you give a lot of power to the person that's saying bonkers stuff about you. So it's best usually to not respond, especially if it's about you. Like, I don't need to to give 
leeway to that. But I also don't feel like you should have to explain yourself. I don't think anyone owes anyone an explanation as to why they like someone's music. Like the the same thing somebody said the, mm-hmm. about like if Woody Allen's new movie bombs, I'm not gonna cry for Woody Allen given you know what people say about Woody Allen. Sure. But I'm also not gonna be mad if somebody likes his movies. Well, and to like return to the thesis, like should who cares if. Kelly Rowland or Michelle Obama or whoever is accepting this award on Chris Brown's behalf, like, don't get mad at her. Get mad at the AMAs for yeah. p- for putting him in the category, right? Because some of you have to nominate him or select him as the winner or votes. I don't really know how it works. I don't believe in these award shows. But, <laughs> you know, I feel like, again, we have to decide, are we at the point where, like, people can be rehabilitated and released back into the world to compete in this kind of... Uh, for an industry uh, accolade or it's Chris Brown dead to us forever at which point like you really got to purge him which like I don't really believe in that kind of cancel culture so maybe the idea here is just that like I think the majority of people do believe in forgiveness and I think that it just so happens that the loudest people are the ones that don't so it's it's amplified the ones who don't believe they deserve it want to take it away from other people I think I also think that like forgiveness you can forgive someone and also still like not trust them right and be like, wary of their be actions wary of them i'm yeah. I, if he was like i'm starting a domestic violence charity i'd be like questionable <laughs> at best sussy. well uh, yeah like, or or if he says in the as a way of atoning for my actions maybe it's like yeah but is it a is it a is it a front <laughs> is it some type of money laundering scheme because that would be extremely uh creepy if you he's like supporting to... the legal defense funds of domestic abusers <laughs> well i mean i feel like most people would see that as him trying to atone for uh, that that's actually the type of things that the people who believe in the cancel culture would want they would want you like we don't support your music anymore and if you want us to support your music here's your list of 37 right. demands you have to meet see, i'm so cynical i feel like if he were to do that i'd be like wow you're really trying to like Get some PR points. I get you. What, what did and you him do just now? not responding seems so much less phony than yeah. responding to a list of demands. Well, also, like, to... there's nothing. Like we were just saying, Dwayne Johnson, like, courts public approval. He's like saying good, good job yeah. to his coworkers on social media. Like, maybe Chris Brown, who again I do not think is perfect and probably still has a lot of issues. Like, maybe not responding publicly was the right course of action because, like, yeah. he doesn't need to insert himself further into the situation. Like, I remember when Rihanna announced Thank she was you. pregnant. And he, I guess, made some kind of like, he, I don't know if he tagged her. He said like congratulations, but also didn't tag her. But everyone was like, shut up. You don't get to be happy for Rihanna. You don't get so to say weird. anything. Like everyone calm down. It's fine. The, the scale is just so egregiously imbalanced with who is asked for explanation, whose explanations are demanded, and who gets to stay silent. Balenciaga's so, like, not being asked you, for You, Brett, have to explain why you use this person's music in a, in a skating video versus Balenciaga yeah. is allowed to just, you know, sit on their high horse or in, in their throne room quietly while the internet implodes with a controversy that they created. Yeah. They won't say a word. But it doesn't behoove them to. What pisses me off. But what but, like, explanation could they possibly offer that would make sense? That's a fair... Like, we're not... Nobody's going to actually buy it anyways. Like, they're, they're evil. Of course. I guess we just accept that they're I mean... <laughs> Is that the point? I I have to wonder, like, why why did they choose to do that? Because they're evil. <laughs> is that it? Is it or is, is it, that is what it, they think art is? Is it or I is it know. is it pushing the normalization boundaries further and further and further and further, little by little? 
which they've proven themselves very adept at doing mm -hmm, at your morality. Mm -hmm. Like yesterday, I, I and it does too. Like to actually have to focus on that stuff every day. Like those stories in particular. Like last night, I was just over it. Like when we were ma when I was making the thumbnail, it actually kind of made me sick to my stomach because I didn't. I don't want to have to make this thumbnail showing this photo, but we are also talking about this and drawing attention to the fact mm -hmm. that look, these people are freaking evil. Yeah, and just having to do that, like it proves to you just how far in the opposite end you have to, how bad you have to be to not just be okay with it, but promote it as if it's a good thing. Well, so I covered the Balenciaga thing for the site uh, yesterday, and I know it's not part of this show necessarily. It's not on the topics for today, but like it is weird to have to read about like these horrific implications or whatever else, but I'm sure you guys talked about it, but one of the uh, pictures had this uh, photograph of the Supreme Court case, Williams v. Supreme yeah. Court. And so I like went through and found the text so I could have it in my article. And it is really interesting and horrific to have to read the circumstances around that case. But on the other hand, like I think it is one of those things that's uncomfortable to talk about. So on the one hand, like I don't believe in Balenciaga. I don't support anything that's going on there. For my own peace of mind, the silver lining is like now I'm more aware of laws governing governing uh, child pornography. Can I say that on YouTube? Sorry. Um, and that's like the best thing that I can take away because otherwise you just feel disgusting afterwards. Yeah. Like you had, there had to be some type of. Like uh, even screenshotting the photos to include in yes. the article, I was like, I feel weirdly complicit in something I don't want to be a part of. That was like when I was, yeah. I, I couldn't, I couldn't put it into words yesterday. Because these children, like they have names. And in the, in the kids, like it, it was the, how unhappy they looked. Like it felt like they're mocking you by taking that photo and posting it. Right, yeah, like there's they're no not way even, that they could have consented to being seen in that light. Yeah, there, it's, it's not even it's not even the appearance of like a positive image. It's literally as if they're laughing in your face, mm -hmm. and it's yeah, it's disturbing. So, but it, it it does bring to mind the the previous topic about where forgiveness is, where we are with forgiveness as a society, and I think that you make a good point. Like, he doesn't need to court forgiveness from you. He did not do wrong by you but we're in a society now where you have to respond to all yeah. what you owe to a few the idea that you can harm a group and that you owe it a group apology or exactly. that a group owes an apology to you or like groups can have just an individual hive mind conscience is a huge misconception these days it's the same idea of like he caused incalculable damage to this group of people how yeah. How did someone cause incalculable damage to a uh, generically defined group of people that are uh, put together based on their either immutable characteristics or their gender ideology, any number of things? And, th and there are so many examples. Like, th this is the last one I'm, I'm going to yeah. go on a tangent about. But, like, with the Amber Heard trial, yeah, everyone was talking about what this means for women. And, like, you know, it doesn't mean anything for women. It means something it, for her. It means something for Amber Heard and Johnny yeah. Depp. That's those are the only people that it means anything for. Yeah, I, I hate this the groupthink stuff. Um, but anyway, let's let's move on to some lighter content, shall we? I want to start off by asking both of you, like, how did you first find out about Julia Fox and like her very existence? Was it Uncut Gems? Was it Uncut Gems for me? Okay, for you then, Hannah Claire. Is she the one in Uncut Gems? I've seen that yes. movie. She is yeah. in Uncut Gems. I, I guess so I don't really know anything about I mean, so meaning Con, you, you found out about Con. her from like her relationship with Kanye West, probably. 
no, I like vaguely knew who she was before that. Like, what do you mean found out? I know what she looks like. There's like that. There was yeah. like a audio on TikTok that was pop or t- reels or whatever the kids use these days <laughs> where she's saying like, it's a masterpiece. It's great. And people were like using it to be like me when I haven't finished a project. And she's like being interviewed on a red carpet. That that audio of her saying uh, uncut jams. It and was, that she, that I was Josh Safdie's muse for uncut jams. Yeah. The thing I'm talking about was that separate. But went viral but anyway her voice is so extremely active on tiktok and recently got into a beef with a tiktoker named bell delgado and uh <laughs> mainly she has come to this point where she's defending her month-long whirlwind relationship with kanye west because bell delgado said that she was complicit in kanye's misogyny against kim kardashian simply for dating him also i should point out really quick that you can't take what two people have which is years of marriage kids and all of these interpersonal react uh interactions that are the result of two distinctly different people with two distinctly different backgrounds ways of approaching the world and ways of interacting with each other and then boil it down to a single word f you for even trying to do that you scumbag (laughs) yeah i think that it's just scumbags on all sides in this situation so i just sent you the uh tiktok that this ratio julia fox massively is it this one right here no, below it's that. Below that? Yeah. That uh, one. Okay. I got, uh, maybe RIP your eardrums, This, is a, this was a brutal let's, takedown of maybe, Julia Fox. Maybe RIP your eardrums, but let's try. You were proudly banging Kanye West, a once very vocal Donald Trump supporter, while he was simultaneously running an extremely aggressive harassment campaign against his ex-wife. He was likely hate-tweeting her while in bed with you. You sold out every single last one of your feminist morals when you decided to play dress-up with Kim Kardashian's sloppy seconds. Yet you want to come into my comment section not even a year later to play the misogyny-slaying messiah because I playfully used the word bitch in a song? So you mean to tell me you were willing to lay down and get your pork chop penetrated by a 45-year-old man who once actually That's called ageist. a woman a bitch as an insult took credit for her fame, framed her as a liar, and proceeded to order a custom naked sculpture of her. Yet when I say the word in a joking manner, that's where you draw a line in the sand of detestability. You're a fucking joke and you stand for nothing. Not to mention the absolutely repulsive things he said about Amber Rose. You are not just a clown, Julia Fox. You are an entire carnival. And your only remotely notable ride is the one you took on Yeezy's drop tower to increasingly irrelevant stardom. By the way, I'll have you know I get out of the house plenty. Unlike some people, I have to actually work for a living. This is the type of person we promote in society now. The the TikToker or Julia Fox? Because I see bad on on all sides. Both of them. So Julia Fox is now in the position where she is defending her month-long relationship with Kanye and saying this is actually uh, an act of solidarity with other women because she dated Kanye to get him off of Kim's case. Which is so, the most bonkers thing. Like, insane it's, twist it's the of the, most, <laughs> it's of the narrative. Just full of narcissism in this episode. Like, everywhere. If you looked up clout chasing, like <laughs> a weird type of clout chasing in the dictionary, it would be like, oh, I was just doing it to get him off your back, queen. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of what they say about like <laughs> sociopaths. Like sociopaths 
can never do any anything wrong like they cannot understand where they would be incorrect so she's like no of course i did the right thing i was helping kim her yeah, yeah your what brain just you shifts so about? she responded on tiktok today or no yesterday saying first of all the man was being normal around me not only that but the kardashians when i had a fashion line 10 years ago actually bought our clothes and sold them in their stores so i've always had a love for kim especially I remember he was texting me and I wasn't really answering and I didn't want to talk to a celebrity again because nothing ever comes of it. It's boring and they are not what you think what you think they're going to be what like. What do they think? What do we supposedly then, think that they are? <laughs> then I yeah, had this thought. I was like, maybe I can get him off Kim's case and get him to like me. And I knew if anyone could do it, it would be me because when I set <laughs> my I'm mind to something, cool. I do it. And that was how they ended up together. And she then she said, we only talked lying. about clothes and weird ideas and plans for the future and our hopes and dreams for childhood and education. And it was really beautiful, guys. And the moment he started tweeting, I was out. I was delusional and thought I could help him, but it didn't work. And I deeply respect the man as an artist. So that trope of women thinking that they can save men is real, huh? Julia Fox learned <laughs> that the hard way, I suppose. That she, she couldn't change Kanye. No one can. This is the, this is all coming back to me now. We talked about it because they went on like some weird date that like, they were like, it was so spontaneous. We went to a restaurant. Yeah. And then he, afterwards he made had her a, his muse. Then he was like, oh, he has a suite full of clothes for me. Mm-hmm. And then we, it was a surprise. And then we went somewhere else and did something else and took this photo shoot. Like it was all very strange and obviously choreographed for PR. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just. So then people came at the TikToker saying that he was actually the misogynist because he referred to Julia Fox's anatomy as a pork chop. <laughs> Not as bad as Barbie Pocket, in my opinion. Ah! Uh, no. I've never heard that. Now I never want to hear that again. Hate it. So, yeah, I just, I come out on no side in this debate, how, how, actually. I, how many followers does the TikToker have on? Almost 450K. I... <laughs> just... So, I mean, like, good on you for, for getting that clout, sir. Yes, but I, I just... It's all so tiresome. I, I have a hard time with these topics because all I think about it when I hear this stuff is like, first of all, I think of Julia Fox and I think of it as like, nobody cares. Well, it, it's initially funny to me because you send me the story about Julia Fox defending her relationship. That and part I, I know, found interesting. I know the context, but you hadn't heard of the context yet. So I just wanted to like... Yeah, M- subject everyone. I just to feel like TikTok. she would have found a way to defend her relationship when she stopped getting enough interviews. She would have brought it back mm, up eventually. Yeah. Like she also recently appeared on Z Way, the same show that tried. Yeah, to, I saw that to defame Chet Hanks's character, which, which you, you will should never, never do. When you love Chet Hanks, Chet Hanks is great no matter what. So it just looks like Julia Fox is kind of getting clowned on right now. She's going to go the. I mean, she already has, but she's kind of the way of a Meghan Markle. Or uh, uh, what's I wonder her? when she's going to be on the Archetypes podcast. Didn't she already? Her do time one? will come. Didn't right? she already do one? I thought she already did one. Hmm. Check. Uh, look at, I don't remember that, but let me let me look. Like I saw the maybe she did. Meghan Markle had a quote the other day. It said like it's like the term "slut" stays with a woman, and I'm like, she's designed for like sound bites that are not yeah. substantive. Of I'm any- sure she has a PR agent who's like, "Hey, did you see this thing? Can I get a quote from you?" And she's like, "Yes, here we go." It just. It I makes formed it. an opinion just to get the clicks. Yes. I don't see an archetypes okay. podcast with Julia Fox. Maybe because she's too lowbrow for Meghan Markle at this point. Perhaps so. So. But maybe Meghan Markle will like lower her standards for guests on her podcast and then invite Julia Fox on. Ugh, 
it's also tiresome. Can't wait. So, all right. And lastly, I just wanted to share about Jerry Seinfeld's new movie. The Pop-Tart movie. Unfrosted, the Pop-Tart story. And I am so intrigued by this because he claims that it's going to be sort of like a social network, but for Pop-Tarts. I really loved the social network. And we need I, to get Andrew Garfield back. I it's like, like going to be like the founder, like the McDonald's story, but for Pop-Tarts. So he said, Netflix is watching it today for the first time after I finished editing. And then we'll see where it's at next week. It should be out in early next year, I think. And then when they asked what the story's about, he said, there is no story. But there <laughs> are a couple elements that are true that we use to begin the story, which is that Post came up with this idea and Kellogg's heard about it and said, we have to do the same thing. And then I kind of told the story as the right stuff with NASA versus the Soviet Union. Ford versus Ferrari. There's this Love really, it. uh, the food, it's a show on the Food Network, but they also have a podcast called The Food That Built America. And they talk about Kellogg's versus General Mills, which was like a full-on feud over cereal and it's like potential as a health benefit and brothers that then you get into the sugar versus like, sugar versus fat debate where does post fall in this battle? post was later so post was like a different so like okay. Kellogg and general mills were started in uh kalamazoo michigan Kellogg was first and it was between two brothers i could go on this tangent forever but i'll keep it short so there were two brothers one is like business oriented and one is like a wellness guy okay. and he had a retreat where people would come and like stay and they invented cereal and they were like, this is good for you. It's it's a health food. And eventually the brother who's like more into the business is like, I want to start this company. They have an employee who splits off and makes General Mills. And they're, it's like, it's crazy. Um, it's like an industry born because they're competing over these things. So like what initially when you're like, oh, the Pop-Tart store, I'm like, yeah, I bet there is some crazy stuff about the Pop-Tart. Yeah. But maybe not. Anyways, I feel like Jerry Seinfeld is also listening to this podcast. Uh, the food that built America. I'm telling you, it's Ford versus Ferrari, but it's Pop Tarts and. <laughs> so while we were all like learning to make whipped coffee during the pandemic, I guess this is what Jerry Seinfeld got up to, and he said there are going to be like 15 stand-up comics involved in this movie, like on the cast. Absolutely ridiculous. So I, maybe we'll see some big names involved. I'm excited. I, I like stuff like this. It's, it's it, just ridiculous enough. Yeah, it, it straddles the it's line. It's not preachy. And then it's not attached to some gigantic, inconceivably uh, large and convoluted cinematic universe. A serial cinematic universe? The I can't. No, yeah, I can't wait for like the Kellogg's. <laughs> uh, wait, uh, it, which one is DC and which one's Marvel? Kellogg's or Post or General Mills? Wait, I what's guess, General Mills then? Uh, well, no, I guess. So, okay, so. DC would be, <laughs> list them again. DC would be General There's, Mills. G DC would be General Mills. Okay, and then Kellogg's would be Marvel, I bet. Marvel, no, okay, s swap those around. DC would be Kellogg, Marvel would be General Mills, and then Dark Horse <laughs> Comics would be Post. Amazing. That's that's where I'm going with that one. <laughs> okay, let's get into Super Chats because we've been, we've been going off for long enough. <laughs> Matthew Hammond said, this joint venture by Damon and Affleck production company sounds like United Artists, but that was built for similar reasons. Well, yeah, uh, and uh, it could it could be very, very beneficial to the industry. I just, I want to see that you kind of have that first project has to hit. I feel like those first one or two the projects, first three one of those first year. three has to do well right. to kind of, if you're going to get more funding down the line, right? Bobby said, Brett looks like B Rabbit sick. Maybe what does I'll that watch, mean? Maybe I'll watch Eight Mile. It's from Eight Mile. Oh, uh, okay. Maybe I'll, I'll watch Eight Rabbit, uh, <laughs> Eight Mile tonight. 
Philip Allen McCracken said, it's a matter of people wanting to keep money and power. That's how Brad gets away with this crap. Brad Pitt, yeah. Yeah, and also there takes a certain level of like hypocrisy and willingness to just behave badly. You almost and then, have to admire it. And then lecture people about behaving badly takes like, I, it's it's a level of like guile I do, I'll never have. <laughs> K for 2X said Semper Fi, Brett. Now Mary <laughs> to the Space Force. Uh, I, I never saw the Space Force TV show, but maybe I could. I'm probably too old to apply for actual Space Force. There's probably like, I think the military's 35, right? Like you, like at the late end. I you think can, so, okay, yeah. So, damn it. Yeah. You need the bone integrity, Duh, lung it's, capacity. It's a bummer. High Voltage 75 said arm wrestling match between Hannah Claire and Mary. Who wins? Guys? I have never won arm wrestling match. I bet it would be Hannah Claire. She she probably Very has longer strong. arms. I don't know what to say. Because you're tall. I'm I'm short, so you probably would win. Bad app said, hey, I'm late. Brett looks like Jarhead. Look, it was late. I was like, I'm sick of it. Brett was going through like a mental breakdown. There is some Marine Corps recruiter out there who's like, I just got to get on their podcast. And then I'll talk <laughs> about it because he looks like he's joining. Uh, like, I, I yeah, it was just late. And I'm like, I've had enough with this. Goodbye. And then wow. I was like, Britney I wear a Spears did. I get I, it. Yeah, I, Britney Spears. I was like, yeah, but Britney Spears doesn't wear hats every day anyway. So I, I kind of have been out. Dakti Flatty said, Hannah Claire, I wouldn't lie. Fourth movie makes more sense. I didn't lie last night. Super chatting to Tim that Mary is a great addition to IRL and should be on more. Yes. I don't. Okay. You're saying it has a plot, but I would be curious for a synopsis, I guess. I'm, I'm saving it for you. You're going to have to watch. You're, you're going into that call. I'm not going to let you judge it now. So. Yesh said, I'm late. Sorry. So this goes straight to Hannah Claire's bank account. Yes. As you know, Thanks, all of our super chats go straight to Hannah Claire's bank account. If you account. want a second That's crisis party. On the show. If you want a second crisis party so that we can keep Hannah Claire appearing on the show, feel free. <laughs> T. Rogers said, uh, oh, he sent us a little emoji sending us a thumbs up. Thank you. Is it a good job? Oh, it's just good job. It's a good Joe at first. That's like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, bad app said, you jump, mm -hmm. I jump. Potatoes for Seamus said, Brett, you are the best, better than Mary and Hannah Claire. See, that just feels... I believe that, it. That With feels, some potato emojis. That feels just a little bit sarcastic. No, nope, I think it's real. Mm. I think that all the time. That's, uh, <laughs> Bad app said, I'll never let go, Brett. I'll never let we go. Could, uh, dude, we could probably both fit on that door anyways. Uh, like, I've never even seen that movie and I know the door thing. Yeah, like everyone That's knows... That's how culturally the, relevant this crazy debate is. She was that selfish that she wouldn't just... Or was it like a buoyancy thing, like to keep it from... Yeah, I've definitely. heard that, but like I don't believe it. I think this whole thing She's is just crazy. Also, was a, there no other floating debris and they could hold hands? Yeah, it was a, it, like literally a massive ship just crashed. You guys didn't have like a bench somewhere off to the side? Or another door or like <laughs> or whatever. There had to be more than one door on the Come whole Titanic. On. I think she wanted him to die. She was like, look, he's really not a good suitable match this has been a fun if i live through this i don't want to see you again this so. has been a fun fling but she's like I've ultimately come, i don't know how to break up with you i've come to my senses the guy i'm marrying has way more money then she ended up actually marrying a man later on like her who she admits is nothing like the guy she had a fling with it's just i hate this luckily woman. she waited till, surprising to luckily me. she waited till he was dead before insulting him yeah gosh <laughs> Not Alan Rogers said, in an alternate universe, James Cameron is still making Alien sequels and we don't have to suffer through Ridley Scott's daddy issue prequels. Uh, yeah, I, I never saw um, Prometheus, I've heard. Hmm. 
Taxi Pilates said, I said what I said about Avatar. I didn't like it. I was rooting for the bad guys. James Cameron is being pressured by Big Avocado to make the sequels. Uh, Yes. Like, I was rooting for the bad guys, humanity, because the only thing, the only semblance of a real plot in the first Avatar movie was like the narrative that they're stealing resources from an indigenous population and ravaging the environment. Like, we get it. We thank you for the very subtle symbolism about environmental conservation. They don't know how to subtle. They no, don't they know how to meme either. They well, here the thing is, is they, they don't. Um, oh, somebody says, uh, Shimi Shelby says, Shelby says Prometheus is good. Maybe I'll have to look into that. But the, I think back to I was watching a thing about like the dumbing down of audiences on YouTube. And one of the best examples I can give is like when they started putting flashbacks into like shows, like they flash back to a scene earlier in the episode of something that I'm not talking like a flashback flashback. I'm saying like they, there's a callback to like why something happens. So they have to show the scene earlier on that remind that, that shows you why that happened because they assume the audience is too dumb to understand where it's coming from. So they have to literally show, not tell because they think you're dumb. Yeah. I mean, oftentimes they're right. <laughs> maybe maybe they should try harder. And maybe should, oh, yes. then maybe they didn't do their job well enough. Then maybe they yeah, didn't yeah, explain yeah. it well enough the first time around. Bad app said a woman's heart is a deep ocean of secrets. Shimmy Shelley said if they want women to watch Ladies Fast and Furious, make it about chicks stalking cheating boyfriends. <laughs> That might be funny. It's just a bunch of women like backing they're like chasing up into fire hydrants. They're chasing one of their act- cheating boyfriends literally across <laughs> the globe. No, none of them actually drive any of the cars. But when the cars come back from the races, they're like, "Oh, I found a hair in the front seat. Like, what is he doing?" <laughs> it found like, like an like, acrylic it's, nail. It's Fast and the Furious, but it's like from the girl's perspective where it's, they stay home and don't race. It's funny. like in it's like in Clueless when she finds the hair in the back seat. And she's like, uh, "She's like, I do not wear polyester hair, okay?" I love that part of Clueless. Yes. Bad app said, "Brett, draw me like one of your friends." French girls. Ooh, I don't know. Like, I don't like where this is going. Luckily, um, I have no drawing ability, so I would draw like the meme where it's just a stick finger, and then it shows the Leo meat, like the the laughing from Django Unchained face. It cuts to that one. Caper Two X said, "Mary, you terrible minx! Stop piracy! Uphold law!" Uh, I mean, I'm sure that I've sailed the high seas less than Brett has. I'm not a Republican. This is not the party of law and order, but I plead the fifth and have no answer to that okay, question. Cool. Clint said, I feel like the crisis party has somehow lost its pizzazz. Maybe y'all should spice it up like with Chicken City and make it rain mealworms. That was the original plan, but it was vetoed. Well, I'm campaigning for like a full on hardcore Christmas Christmas party all through December. But as you know, you can't decorate for Christmas before Thanksgiving. So maybe tune in in December and see what's going on. I disagree with that. I'm fine with You don't make the rules. I do. I'm fine with decorating for Christmas before Thanksgiving. But we should change the crisis party. No. Mm, Interesting. I do have uh, a friend of mine. uh, She mailed me a Charlie Brown Christmas tree that I have with the the Christmas tree and the little bulb. I I put that up. That's my that's my Christmas decoration. I want it to be like red and green lights, and then instead of the police sirens, it's like Santa laughing or something. Because you guys like did something for Halloween bells, too, right? Right. You changed it for Halloween. We did. Right? All right, then chat. Then I do I do ask you uh, for we'll suggestions about what you would if we were to make a more not a not a seasonal change, but a 
uh, if we were to change something about the crisis party, would it be the sound, the colors, See, they monopoly just, money rather they, than... They just want our wagers back. That was really like when crisis parties got so intense is well, when we were like, Brett, bleach Brett's hair. I will Bre- bleach, bleach my hair, hair again if we get to 30 crisis parties again. Yes. Philip Allen McCracken said Top Gun Maverick didn't rely on CGI and more so on actually flying planes around. Plus, the story was more believable. A good movie with uh, keep showing. I don't know what that means. Uh, um, uh, will keep showing. I think. Oh, I mean. will keep but showing. Yeah, and remember we talked about how that you connected more with it because there was not a bunch of fake environments around yeah. that are distracting. Or Real that, you stunts know, that don't look would uh, signature. It was Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness where I really started to disconnect. Like I'm even jumping more than, ship. Even totally. more than usual. But I also think about like there's a difference between like CGI that's supposed to look real and like cosmic CGI that's just a bunch of built environments that are completely left up to your imagination. Mm-hmm. Regatan said, got all achievements, uninstalled Elden Ring. Wow. <gasps> My new game is Disco Elysium and it's good. A good detective game and everybody there has a French accent. Then you I never have thought to start... I'd hear you say this, Regatan. You will have to ask Dane on Monday if he has played it. Eric Otterley said, hello, haven't you seen the TV series Bates Motel? I have not watched it. Oh, uh, I either. I had people like love a... that show. Yeah, yeah. I watched like the full first season, maybe. I watched a fair amount of it. That's one of those ones that was like, I was watching The Americans when that was on. And I loved... Oh, people love The Americans. Yeah. Uh, and it was just like Bates Motel was one of those ones where it just, I, and also Hannibal was kind of at that same time. And I liked Hannibal. Mm. So kind of in the, in similar spectrums. Dash Fortune said, my favorite scene from the Titanic was the band and how they continued playing as the ship sank. was pretty bloody epic, in my opinion. That's actually true. That is true. That's the only reason why you think it's epic is because it happened. I need to stop watching YouTube said, Avatar was bad, but so hyped plus 3D made people believers. And he also said, Chris Brown is brown (laughs) racist. Wait, what? I don't get it. Is it like, racist that his last name is Brown? Or are you I, saying that he is a Brown su- supremacist? Like, we need some more details for this accusation. <laughs> and Philip Allen McCracken said, just want to shoot some money. Thanks, anyway. Even thank if you, you don't have a question or anything. I need to stop watching YouTube said, a Brown man named Brown has increased power level. That is something I did not know. I did like his uh, his music video with Lil Dicky, and I hate Lil Dicky, but like they they did the Freaky Friday song yeah. where they like swapped bodies and made some politically incorrect jokes about race. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Uh, I need to stop, or no, Evan Perry said, according to, do you know how to say that? I don't Vijaya? Vijaya. People could be rehabilitated. Granted, she banned them. Uh, that's the lady from uh, YouTube, or Twitter or YouTube. I don't know anything about her. What? Um, I forget her last name. Sunjai. Uh, Doesn't sound familiar for YouTube because that's Susan Wojcicki. Wojak or whatever. Yeah. Wayward Soul said, I agree, but to hell with James Gunn and his 10,000 tweets. He does tweet a lot, but you he's know, a narcissist. Tweet uh, people are ten thousand tweets a lot. The, <laughs> I've tweeted more than ten thousand tweets in my lifetime. He's he tweets a lot. I feel like he just wants to tell you his opinion, and he doesn't care if you think his movie's too long. He's making it anyways. Evan Perry says Twitter. Okay. Mm. Tacti Platy said, "Get that TikToker on PCC." <laughs> I don't know if he wants to. After we I just don't think this show would be the him. one. I don't think this would be the one for him. I think he should I mean, come on anyways. 
Why yeah, not? It's cool to see controversial. Look, figures. this is not the show for like combative. Like, uh, like uh, we're like maybe it would it would de- depend on who they were and whether they're actually like willing like to they, be combative combative in good faith. Like yeah. I'm fine with somebody being here that doesn't agree that disagrees with you, but the idea is that they can't be someone that's so ideologically rigid that they just storm off because you disagree with them. Mm-hmm. Tophone man said you should invite Brittany Venti on the show. We'll look into that. We've discussed that, right? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Potatoes for Seamus said, Brett, not being sarcastic. Just take the compliment. I will take the compliment. Here. I have received it. I'm putting it over here. We're good. We're good. <laughs> like when someone blows you a kiss and you have to pretend to catch it. Exactly. <laughs> Tacti Platty said, bubble minigun for crisis parties, fog machine. Yeah, the bubble gun could get messy messy there's a, lot there's, of there's a computer here. here i don't know oh about that part. so now we worry about this but every time they suggest the dunk tank you guys are like maybe we should do happen that. here that was gonna that happen outside. outside i don't believe anything you guys say <laughs> i don't know about the fog machine i mean maybe that wouldn't be fog i don't know that you could see it Is lucius it? Yeah. lucius the, the eternal says mary on simpcast uh yeah i'd be open to yes. doing that Caper2x said, Brett run over by reindeer idea for a Christmas party. Well, that's violence. Just anything to see Brett in pain? I, I don't know. Is Thanks, it... I guess. Also, I don't know how you're a professional skater. Like, won't you just bounce back from that? I'll work on it. And bad app, I'm not reading that. So right. those are all of the super chats. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. And Hannah Claire, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thank you for having me. It's always a Tuesday when I'm here. Let everyone know (laughs) where they can find you. Uh, You can find me on Instagram at hannahclaire.b. You can find me on uh, Twitter at, I can't remember, and you can find me at gab (laughs) at hannahclaire.b as well, I I think. Iconic that you can't remember your own username. I don't know, but I'm there. I'm not interesting, so. I thought it was H.C. Brimlow. It, it you could remember be. better than her. It's possible. Do you follow me on Twitter? I don't even know if I, I follow myself on Twitter. I don't no, have I'm just Twitter. Kidding. Um, I don't even have a Twitter. I just use it for professional hazard, but I am there if you if you're interested. Um, and then the thing you should follow on Twitter is Timcast News. You can see all the articles that our journalists are putting out every day. Uh, they work really hard, and yeah, you should check check them out. Um, that's all I have to plug. Have a good Thanksgiving, guys. Thank you so much. Mary, where can they find you? Well, first we've got one last super chat from Bobby that says the dunk tank will clearly be placed far away from delicate electronics and the waters will be aimed away as well. It will not be indoors. Because you control the way water moves. It will not be indoors. It will not be anywhere near me. The way of water, if you will. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the direction, the way of water. Anyways, you guys can find some pictures of me on Instagram at Mary Archived, and you can read my inane thoughts on Twitter as well, also at Mary Archived. There's one more from Bad Up that I'm sure and you're I'm not going to read. And I'm not going to read that. All right. <laughs> guys, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram at Brett Dasovic for the show Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is noon Pacific. Not losing connection, staying on for the whole show. It's been so much fun to be back uh, and having the show work out. Uh, and John, oh, Johnny Derp says, will there be a Friday show? Guys, that's a, probably a good thing. We will not be on Thursday and Friday, uh, people are going home for the holidays. We are going to be taking those days up. But we, we hope will you be, guys will too. Yes. And we will be back Monday the following week. But there will be a show tomorrow. We're going to be reviewing Glass Onion uh, yeah. with Wesley. And that's going to be a lot of fun. So 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, Eastern Standard Time, unless it's this week. 
Monday through Wednesday. Uh, that's noon Pacific. We're also on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and Spotify. If you would like to listen rather than watch, and then we are on social media: Twitter at Pop Culture underscore Show, Facebook and TikTok at Pop Culture Crisis, and on Instagram at Pop Culture Crisis Pod. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow. We'll see you then, guys. Later. Bye. Bye.